and we're live. Thanks, Sammy. I was just about to start speaking then. Welcome, everyone, to episode 14 um, of our podcast. We're live on YouTube. You can jump in the chat, get commenting, get your questions in. We'll be reading them out throughout the show. Uh, this week's episode is a bit of a special on the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, uh, the DPRK. We have with us, who have we got with us, Sammy? Since you were eager to talk, you can do the intros. All right, everyone. Tonight we have Fran on, and then Hello. yours truly, as well as Tom Vito in the background, and finally, drum roll, we have the famous rapper Xiang Yu, the one and only. Say hello. As hey our guys. special guest. Wouldn't say too famous, but modest. You're more famous, famous than us. Yeah, you're more famous than us. So there you go. In our estimation, you're like a, a Hollywood star. Yeah, We're just helping Tom. each other, helping helping boost each other, and yeah, uh, that's how it is, isn't it? That's how it is. Yep. Uh, it's all about boosting each other. Um, so yeah, tonight uh, we're going to talk about uh, Shang Yu visiting the DPRK. We've it's, it's a bit like a it's a bit like a family event tonight, isn't it? We're going to go through your slides, <laughs> and, and you're going to talk about them. It's one of them ones. Uh, before we get into that, though, um, oh. Has the Ned tweet been deleted? Because I've just brought it up. Oh, no way. I've just brought it up on the screen. It, it, it seems to be... Oh, shit. Oh, no, there we go. It's loaded. It's loaded. It seemed, it, okay. I think it was just the, the browser we're using for the stream and just crashed. That was a good start, wasn't it? But, um, so, yeah. <laughs> what the hell is this tweet about, guys? You should be able to see that on uh, on your screens as well. Uh what, what's this about? Admit, to further human rights and human dignity for all people in China, the National Endowment for Democracy, <clears throat> the CIA, has funded has funded Uyghur groups since 2004. Hashtag Ned, Neddemocracy uh, slash Human Rights Day. I told you so. I mean, what is this? And then the picture is like a map where they've literally carved out Xinjiang and been like, yeah, we're, we're the ones... We're, we're the ones funding separatism since 2004 as well. <laughs> this is... Uh, I mean, they've admitted this. They've had this on their website, haven't they, the whole time. Like, you've always been able to drop onto their website and see who they're funding. But to, this tweet is brazen, isn't it? This is ridiculous. Look it's at the, the most, comments. It's hilarious, isn't it? Because, like, you, you have the anarchists and the other, like, fake leftists in America going, like, oh, you know, you, you said the CIA is behind everything. The CIA is the boogeyman and all this. And then the CIA literally comes out and says, hey guys, we've been funding the Uyghurs since 2004. Ned democracy. And like, they're just... They're and 2004 is what? Just just before all the uh, terrorist attacks in the region started, right? You're the expert on this, Sammy and Tom. I believe, I believe they yeah, were yeah. going on... Around, they started around that time, like uh, the relations uh, were a bit like... Um, like things were starting to go a bit downhill around that time yeah yeah well, it was also a few uh, years just a few years after the evisceration of what was left of yugoslavia and what they're doing in um xinjiang is basically the same playbook that they did in yugoslavia like trying to pit the different nationalities there against each other and what they don't tell you is like in yugoslavia for the longest time the the multiple um, nationalities got along fine until um you know western intervention like making all the member republics like have their own fiscal policies and just really fucking their economies up and getting to the point where like the um ethnic rivalry started started growing because of you know just 
competition over resources. That's what they're trying to do in China, basically. Yeah, exactly. they're just, they're just mad because China's just like, fuck you. We have our own sovereignty. We're not gonna, we're not gonna listen to you. Isn't this happening exactly. in the Middle East as well? It's the same exactly. as that. I, I was yeah. just about to say this is the exact same playbook in Syria as well as Yugoslavia. Like you have the West, the U.S. imperialists using, uh, like pitting Sunnis against Shias, against Kurds, and against Alawites even who are part Shia as well, but and against Christians. Like they're basically using the Wahhabi mercenaries, mostly foreign soldiers, who are like under the Sunni category in like uh, killing and. Shia communities, uh, Christians, and yeah, it's the same playbook as well, I said. A few years ago, a few years ago, um, there was a song by ISIS that was sung in Chinese. It was called um, "Women Should Mujahid," which um, like it means we are Mujahid. Yeah. And um, the produ production quality was actually really high. It's kind of I it, like anyways, all that stuff. But anyways, it was like they sang. You, you could tell it's like a Xinjiang accent. Yeah. So, uh, this is a tweet by the Kardashian. I don't think they're related related to a Kardashian. I think it's just name, but this explains the wave of radicalization towards Islamic extremism in the region. I mean, of course, sums it up in one tweet, doesn't it? Uh, the one thing is as well, like the most hilarious part is Etim or Etil, with whatever they're going by nowadays, the East Turkestan Liberation Movement, um, are uh, a far right. Islamic theocracy movement. They don't want democracy. So They're Ned saying it's, it's, but 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 it's really ironic for Ned to say, you know, we're they're spreading democracy in this specific region of China that is specifically strategically important to the Belt and Road Initiative. Hold on, um, hold on. Do they not say the same about like intervention in Syria though? That like Assad is like a, a dictator and Syria needs democracy, but like they're going to fund all this. And same in Libya as well, doesn't it? Libya needed, Hill Dog said Libya needed democracy. That's a great picture, what you just had yeah, up like, there of the, uh, um, the IS flag with the, with the East Turkestan flag. Yeah. Go on, Vito. It's kind of it's like how uh, she spread a democracy in Libya but, and, and somehow slaves owners are free to pick and choose their slaves, whatever they want after NATO bombed shit out of Libya uh, and she said that uh, we came we saw he died and she just laughed it off when yeah. Gaddafi died. Well uh, look at this tweet yeah it says uh, by account called Uyghur with the flag and it says yes thanks yes thanks but not enough <laughs> and someone's put, <laughs> someone's put not enough and then put a picture of the the, uh, the child soldiers uh, which um, you should see on screen now I'm not going to keep that. Oh, that's disgusting. It's disgusting making these, putting guns in these kids' hands. It's just foul, isn't it? That's what the net's up to. It's, it's fascism, isn't it? It's it's the Islamic version of the kind of the Hitler youth they've got going on kind of thing, but it's free Turkestan instead of Laban's realm. You know what I mean? It's just worth a mentioning that for the same ideology. Worth mentioning that. Uh, this U.S. Uh, former congressman or so, former military guy, I, I don't know what he was, but there was a video of him saying that why the U.S. was in Afghanistan. Uh, one reason was because of the military stock, the nuclear stockpile in Pakistan. Secondly, which is like a more important reason, was the Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, and then the third reason was because of like the quote-unquote Uyghurs in Xinjiang, and they like needed a proper geopolitical location. Well, have here's advantage it. over that, and also he mentioned that there are approximately twenty thousand 
uh, Uyghur jihadis in Syria right now, northern Syria, that went there via Turkey. Yeah, well, that's why these pictures are taken that I'm showing up on screen. We've got a Chinese account here replying to him saying, it's a conviction, even without asking, you just convicted that you funded terrorism in Xinjiang. I'm guessing it means you just admitted that you've been funding terrorism in, in Xinjiang. Uh, so I was replied, if, not the first time. Check out the, check out the backgrounds of Taliban and ISIS. Uh, our Chinese media should pick up on this tweet, really, shouldn't it? Uh, especially seeing That's as they've been saying, on, yeah. on the on the uh, you know the, I'm going to say the defensive because they're still not on the attack. They're not making stuff up about uh, America, are they? But um, I'm going to I'm going to at Chen Weihua right now while we speak. The replies. The replies on this tweet. Are, I mean, do people really need to make stuff up about America to make America look bad? No. Well, this is the point. Exactly. They, you know, I just have to hold the mirror up, don't you? Like most, uh, <laughs> like most failing empires. Every comment on this tweet is somebody like laughing or, you know, I mean, look at this. Uh, Party civil to the conflict in East Turkestan. So you've got People's Republic of China on one side uh, and even the Republic of China until 1954. And then on, on the other side, East Turkestan Independence Movement, which is the Turkestan Islamic Party, uh, which is the terrorist organization from Xinjiang. Uh, and then you've got Al Qaeda, Al Qaeda, yeah. And then and then Al Qaeda's like you know sects. So, I mean, um, to America, Al Qaeda is only bad when they attack American interests. Yeah, well, I mean, who? How did the Taliban get in power in the first place, right? Well, yeah, they had to change the end of Rambo for this, didn't they? It used to say like to the <laughs> yeah. to the Mujahideen, and then uh, to the great people of Afghanistan or whatever. Here you go. Look, the eighteen thousand Al Qaeda Uyghurs in Syria. Uh, there's an article on that. Someone took a so screen. Go on, Vito. There's, there's just an, uh, a, a tweet by Jarek Keller saying that... Someone's uh, put the end of Rambo up there in the thread. Sorry, Vito. I just had to interrupt to show that. Carry on. Okay. Yeah, so there's a tweet from uh, Jarek Keller saying that General confirms that the US has helped the Taliban by launching drone strikes against ISIS. And... Uh, I think I'm going to give you the link. But, so they've uh, posted on on YouTube for people to read. So so people, uh, the USA are attacking ISIS as enemies for them. I mean that's just how so ridiculous, isn't it? Like, Anything um, to waste military like, money. Yeah, it's kind of like building a um, a two way a two way conflict, just like how uh, the US helped. Uh, rebel groups to take out, uh, uh, take out um, any other uh, military organizations and whatnot. I think it's just a common practice. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, it, I, we I, we've shared that that report on uh, on on weaponizing migrants loads, right? Now let's move uh, on. Let's move on because talking about okay. talking about uh, uh, being on the defensive. Um, Tom, you mentioned him. Um, this tweet by Pompeo, uh, the United States has always stood for human rights. This one got a reply earlier, didn't it, by everybody's man of the hour. Where's, where's his reply? I don't see it now. We had it loaded up. Let me, let me go. I spelled that wrong. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know where 
what what Chinese social media's response is at the moment to Mr. Chen Weihua, but I know the the left Twitter scene is generally loving him at the moment. And yeah, absolutely brutal replies to uh, <laughs> anything. To I mean, he's saying what we all he's saying what we all want to what we're all thinking, right? Yeah, not that top one. Has that reply been removed? Uh, I, I seem to think that because we had it queued up it looks like it's gone before we even started the stream because it should be right here I'm on his replies it should be there it's like as if uh, it's been hidden by by is this the one yeah here we go it looked like it had been hidden found it now look the US Agent Orange chemical weapon war in Vietnam the US invasions of Iraq and Afghanistan the US military drone strikes in a dozen Muslim countries, the US embargo on Cuba that was condemned at every UN General Assembly in the past three deca decades, and the list is long. Uh, and that's in reply to the United States has always stood for human rights by Piggy Pompeo. Uh, it, it's just to, to see this sort of... You love to see it. Exactly. You love to see it. Uh, long may this continue. I think it's good, uh, and it's, it's about time... Uh, the working class of the world started actually using uh, the the uh, the tools in front of us to, to fight back against all this fake news coming out of these uh, cheeseburger addicted American politicians like Mike Pompeo um, who just he's on video saying that he's a liar uh, and a thief and you know the video Jesus. footage is there he's so brazen he thinks that like you know he can do what he wants I always, when I'm thinking about people like this, I always think about like those snake oil salesmen from like Wild West times that would like turn up in a village and be like, oh, I've got a miracle elixir, you know, and you've just got, you know, they lie to people and sell them this fake tonic. That's literally what the, the US politicians and its, its media are. They're the modern day uh, snake oil salesmen trying to peddle their wares on, onto us, the people. And people like Chen Weihua, uh, I'm sorry if I've brutalised his name. Um, people like that are just a shining light, aren't they, at the minute? Uh, they've got the position of power to actually say this thing, sort of stuff. Um, Tom, what did you tweet to him? I just uh, I just made sure that he was aware of the NED tweet. I've just tagged him and Zhao Lijian and just said, I don't know where it's gone now. Um, I really hope they do reply to this because that's a classic, isn't it? I mean, yeah, um, Jolly Jin, if you're listening, um, you used to follow me on my old Twitter. You should follow me again. There you go. I hope Jolly Jin's listening. Right. <laughs> I was Shall just, we jump into? I, I found my tweet, so I just, I just said, uh, <laughs> So, like, have you gentlemen seen this tweet? <laughs> before we, just, before we move on to our main feature, I was just going to look at some of his. Uh, best hits of today uh he's replying to who deleted tweets there georgia tech so despicable in spreading mccarthyism there good that mit rejected you and despised you who's he talking i wish i could see who he's talking to he's deleted that tweet the the op has deleted that tweet because i don't know what because they're getting bullied by chen in return it's amazing <laughs> uh indeed quitting let's have a look at this one VP Mike Pence, we've made great progress in the last four years. That's from the Hill. And he's like, indeed, in quitting global treaties and organizations. <laughs> he's just become this reply guy, but like the best reply guy in, in human history. 
Uh, another one to Pompeo. How clean an NSA clean network could be. You know, all he's got to do is one-liners. You just read in between the lines. Everybody knows what the NSA was up to and what Edward Snowden went through and all that. So, uh, what's really astonishing to me is how um, so many Baitul in the United States um, will correctly say things like, "Oh, the media is lying about Bernie Sanders," or "It's you know lying about the police or whatever." But then, as soon as like foreign relations, like U.S. foreign policy comes up, they lie. They're just they're straight, yeah, exactly. They're straight following the lines. Uh, there's lots of uh, Western. What for anybody who doesn't know, ta- what's Baizu mean? Well, Baizu literally Bai means white and Zuo means left, but um, it can be interpreted as um Bai Chi Zuo Pai. Bai Chi means um like idiot and Zuo yeah, Pai yeah, means yeah. like leftist. So it's kind of like it's kind of like um what we would call you know right, what people used to call cruise missile leftists. Where it's like they're leftist, <laughs> but then they're like um they they won't say they won't say it explicitly, but they're complacent with imperialism and they just kind of want like a better they just want better conditions for like themselves. It's kind of like, for lack of a better term, it's basically gentrified communism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is, makes is that, sense. Is that uh, yeah. is that da 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 um or da 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 or by cruise missile leftist da da or. Yeah, but isn't really isn't really um people wouldn't understand what that is. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. How'd you say that phrase then? Well, I mean you could just say Dada Baizuo, right? Well, there you go. So uh... another one. Pompeo is an absolute disgrace of a human being. What kind of person is capable of spewing this cinephonic garbage at a top US STEM university? Where two thousand five hundred Chinese students are involved. That's where he's talking about uh universities are bought by beijing so he's making the claim that like universities are sending spies and all this the chen replies pompeo is joseph mccarthy and joseph goebbels a human scum i mean he's not wrong is he the, the man yeah. <laughs> the man is human scum mccarthyism permeates australian society now i mean if you listen to our show last week then you know you'll see that he's just he's just railing on mike pompeo at the minute Disinformation Mike, <laughs> Secretary of... That's what Trump should call Mike Pompeo, Disinformation Mike. <laughs> I'm so glad that yes, piece of shit is. will be gone next month about Pompeo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chen, fucking ruthless, isn't he? Chen's not even a politician, um, so they can't really blame the government, can they? He's a, he's a, he's a journalist. I'm reading some of the comments right now, and one of them says, Bides will bread tube. That's, that's correct. Yeah. That was me, yeah. Fucking, uh... fucking Vosh. <laughs> Bread tube, yeah. yeah exactly. Fucking Vosh. Jesus Christ. I did, ugh, just saying his name makes that's me like... That's a series of fucking people, isn't it? Like, it, it's... If that was Have you guys seen the video where he was all like, man, I wanted to play video games yesterday, but I decided to stay up and read a bunch of uh, Marx, Engels, and Lenin, and, and then he proceeds to show, just demonstrate that he didn't read them at all, and he just looked up... You posted that the other day, didn't you? He's got, yeah, he's, yeah, got yeah. A, he's got a Goods for the People t-shirt on, hasn't he? Which is like ran by a tankies. So he sat wearing a tanky t-shirt in that stream. What I hate about people like Vosh is they'll tokenize, you know, Fred Hampton and the Black Panther Party. But if Fred Hampton were still alive, you know, people like Vosh would be like crying about him being a so-called tanky. Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. He'd be getting that treatment. He'd be getting that treatment and, you know... Uh, 
Fred Hampton be getting called a genocide denier and all that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, what was that quote, Tom? Before we move on, Tom. Before we move on, what was that quote that you shared the other day about uh, about being a genocide denier? Can you remember it off the top of your head? That one that's like, oh, oh you, it was something you... along the lines of um, a genocide denier. I'm not a genocide. Den- You're a fucking, you, oh, a fucking unironic genocide um, believer. Fucking hell, like, uh, you believe the Uyghur genocide, question mark. Like, this would be akin to believing in white genocide, which is Nazi propaganda. I'm the great replacement the stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck, that, fuck, off, fuck off out of my mentions, fascist scum. It's like, that's just such a good way to respond. It's true, to though. It's true. And that, that uh, NED yeah. tweet just shows that it's true. A uh, bunch of fascists. I've just got to scroll down, Tom. I'm very sorry. I'm going to turn that off. I saw a claim once um, on yeah. Facebook from one of my Taiwanese friends, like posting a video of a um, Uyghur woman crying while she's marrying a mar- marrying a Han Chinese as evidence that um, uh, the government is um, locking up all Uyghur men in concentration camps and forcing women to marry Han men. But this this is a demonstration of their um, ha- of the fact that they know nothing about Uyghur culture because in Uyghur culture, it's customary for the, uh, I mean, we could talk about how um, maybe this is like a um, vestige of um, uh, your feudal times and whatnot, but that's a whole separate argument. But um, it's their culture for um, women to cry when they're being married off to a man's family, and if they don't cry, it's seen as, as um, like a disgrace to their families. Yeah, well, to be fair, I mean, right? Like, Hold on. In the West, hold like on. It, it... If, I, I'm pretty sure if I went to a Western wedding, if I went to enough of them and filmed the brides, I could catch one of them crying and looking sad. All, all like I've got. I've, I think I've been told by like a couple of ex-girlfriends, like if you didn't cry at my wedding, like I'd, I'd be very angry at you. Yeah, yeah well, we don't talk about that. But like, anyway, hold on. Your ex-girlfriend so, said anyway. to you, if you don't cry at her wedding, then she'll what? Is this like, after like you split be, up? Or? She'd be angry. No, no, no. She wanted you. To, oh, right, like, okay. I'm with you. Yeah, well, like, there you go. That there you go. Like that's the thing. Like it's it's a presumption that you'd cry because of how beautiful you significant other is like it's it's normal to cry when you see your significant other at your wedding yeah. to the extent that it's it's abnormal not to now like so yeah. to use that as an example of genocide is, is quite insane whereas in the west we have tv shows where people who've never met each other get forced to get married by a tv company and then they film fucking them. big ed exactly uh. come on uh someone in the chat said uh Gusano, Gusano is a slur by is his name Zander Zander Howe, that terrible YouTuber. I don't. Know. So I've been to Cuba and I've liberally used the word Gusano to talk about people like Marco Rubio and nobody there was offended. So yeah, why, why would it be a slur, a racial slur? It's got enough. It, it, it seems that uh, Zander Hall is more of a racist for instantly equating the word with some sort of racist attack. Or does he th- believe that Cubans are worms? It's literally, I don't know. it's the Spanish word for worm. Yeah, can so I it's say it's very worm. similar to like it's it's very similar to how um, you know uh, mainland Chinese people and Han Chinese people in Hong Kong um, use the word yueo, uh, you know, uh, cockroach to refer to kind of Hong Kong rioters. It, it's not a That's racial bad. slur. It's, yeah. Well, there's it's sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, a Fidel Castro speech, I believe, because he he referred to on um, those people who escaped to Miami. 
as um, you know people who never worked a day in their lives and they're yeah. all um, like toys and whatnot and he called them he called them um, gusanos y parasitos um, so worms and parasites yeah it's a word for, for uh, yeah, reactionary yeah. Uh, the reason why it's used in hong kong tom is because uh it's, it's not used just like to make a link it's used because uh when the police show up they scatter like cockroaches like light being shined on cockroaches they scatter that's where it comes from <laughs> if you didn't know uh, what else we got in the I chat? Right, we're gonna hold on. What else we got in the chat before we move on? Uh, Sammy, you're always like trying to rush this, rush this through. Uh, I'm gonna step away for like 30 seconds to get some water. Go ahead, mate. Right. Uh, Vosh, but Vosh saying the N word is good, uh, apparently uh, on bread tube. Vosh yeah, just said oh, the yeah. N word. Ridiculous! What? A, what an idiot! And then he's doubling down like it was it's tactical. That one, Fran. Yeah, the tactical N word. A tactical N word. I I don't understand all the these sort of people. What what does any of this have to do with organising, uh, and being and and being anti-imperialist? What do any of these idiots do? Hold on. What do any of these idiots do for the actual movement? Because it seems to me like it's all about them. Do you know what I mean? Everything Vosh does is for Vosh and to and to up his career and to get more subscribers onto his channel. And probably the same for most of those people. Um, it's the opposite, isn't it, to us? Because we're here to just talk about the news and then I'll just rip, rip you guys along the way for a little bit. Uh, go on, Tom, while I'm trying to find some other comments. A tactical war. Yeah, just like my look. While we're, while we're ripping this fucking idiot to pieces, like, I think it's dead interesting, like, how a lot of people have said, like, oh, you know, he's a CIA operation. But to see how many people he's gained as subscribers, he was celebrating it the other day, he's gained something like 200 or 300,000 subscribers since the start of the year. And to think that's how many people he's radicalized into his social democrat, anarchist, the Joe Bidenist perspective with, I don't know, fucking... Biden Vorshism, Vorshism, yeah. It's so bullshit Regardless. because people are like, oh, he's like, he's winning people over. Yeah, by changing the definition of socialism and communism to mean something that's like totally incompatible um, with, you know, imperialism and liberalism. It's it's kind of like these are the same people who would have been like, oh, you can't. Uh, Lenin is wrong for fighting against the Second International because the Second International was making the word socialism popular. They sound, like mm -hmm. yeah. they sound like Trotskyism to me. It's all just Trotskyism, yeah. isn't it? It's various weird... Uh... Well, I, I think it definitely has, you know, not if not direct funding, then some kind of, like, push-in from the CIA because the amount of people that he's taken away from potential radicalization into something positive and well it doesn't even need funding even more brain it doesn't need dead funding liberal. because the cia's um cultural programs are so successful exactly. the point of the cultural programs was that the cia wouldn't have to fund people anymore because people would just kind of do the work for them after they read all oh, these yeah. like woke postmodern yeah. bullshit exactly that's mm -hmm. what we're gonna get to uh, yeah he, he gets promoted so, because he he, you know, he he's wanted by those companies as well, doesn't he? He's going to get put to the top of the left pile, just like uh, all those other sort of famous middle of the road sort of leftists. You know how he was trying to defend, like he was trying to argue that the age of consent should be lower. Strange. It's just strange. Gosh. It's got nothing to do with being a leftist or wanting, you know, socialism to be built or anything like. This is what I mean. Because it's, like, it's because authority and rules are bad. But anyways, like you know how? Remember that guy, the Singaporean guy, the um. Amos E. Is this another bread yeah, tuber? I mean, I'm not too familiar with him, but he's not on. a bread tuber, but he's kind of he's in a way he's like a proto bread tuber. He made when um, Lee Kuan Yew died, he made a video talking about how Lee Kuan Yew was terrible, and it's like okay, yeah, um, you can make that argument, but he, his um, he's kind of like the woke liberal like 
kind of like just here before my little uh that gay jewish dude in the uk uh Milo Yiannopoulos. Yiannopoulos, so, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the Milo Yiannopoulos. Yeah. Anyways, I mentioned him, like Amos E, because um he got he was he was for for the longest time he was like defending child porn, and then what do you know? This year he got caught like with child porn. I hope I, I bet that's gonna happen oh. with Vosh in a few years. I mean, hopefully that'll be so funny. Well, <laughs> well, there was actually um like rumors going around that like one of his friends, after hearing like some of the streams he's come out with and some of the nonsense he said. Has actually said like he's got genuine concerns about some things that. And we're not going to go into that. And we're not going to go into. We're not going to go in. Yes, Tom. Yeah. We're, not, we're not. We're not yeah. going into any of that murky territory. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, All I'm saying is, I believe some reports may have been filed with some agencies. All right. Cool. Follow. If oh, he just looks like a creep in general. I mean, that is true. That is true. Uh, Milo, someone says Milo is finished. Yeah, Milo is finished. He's long, old news, isn't he? I think he was complaining about having no money. Um, so anyway, let's get on to the main, just to please Sammy, let's get on to the main topic of uh, tonight's show, which you probably already know from the title and the introduction. We're talking about the DPRK and Chang Yu's been there. But before we get into your nice slideshow, I just want to put up on the screen um, a really important document that's on Google Drive uh, that we recommend anybody... We'll post it out on Twitter at the end of the show, so if anybody wants to get hold of this doc and save it to the drive, it's basically a, a, a DPRK um, reading guide, Socialism in the 21st Century. There's literally, you know, hundreds and thousands of articles on this, maybe not thousands, but there's a lot of source material here, look, for you to digest. There's YouTube videos, articles, and it's not all, it's not all, um, it's not all left leftist outlets there's stuff on there like you know from travel agencies there's even daily mail articles on there look there's just random image galleries facebook posts there's academic stuff there are articles from communist parties around the world communist papers all sorts of information on all kinds of uh, different aspects of korean society if you want to learn the real truth about korea um compiled by comrades uh, Comrade J at the top, they put a link there if you want to give them a bit of feedback at the end if you want to know about Korea this is the document um, for you, so I just wanted to give that a plug, we'll we'll post that out on Twitter at the end so everybody can add it to their drive just keep it there, because yeah, if you're I ever in a add debate something to that. oh go on yeah, I don't know if this book is on the list, but I highly recommend a book called The Korean War 1945 to 1953 by Hugh Dean. That's Hugh, H-U-G-H, Dean, D-E-A-N-E. Okay, well, we'll post a picture of that book as well at the end of the show. If you need to, I can take a picture of it. All right, well, you can take a picture and send it over, and or you tweet it out, and we'll, we'll retweet you with it um, for everybody. All right, sounds good. Uh, so, yeah, that article... Get it, get it subscribed. There's actually some for others which we will post out at, uh, at various points. Um, there's also a documentary that I want to recommend, but we'll recommend that at the end of the show. Uh, so, Shang Yu, do you want to introduce uh, this section? Okay, so I guess on what we're going to do, um, I guess um, the audience can ask questions and one of the other mods can read them out to me because um, it's kind of hard for me. I only have one screen, but okay, I guess well, we're just going to go through some the... Okay, well, Tom and Sammy are in the chat. They can read them out. Yeah. I'm just... um. 
So, I mean, I've spoken on the DPRK before on um, Pearl's pod before they um, b- before they disbanded. And um, I guess today we're, we're just going to share some of the pictures I took. Now, I took a lot more, so it was very hard to choose. And I took a lot more videos than I took. I did pictures. But um, yeah, I just thought maybe we can just go through some of the pictures and I can just talk about them. And, you know, you guys, and I can just answer questions about what it's like going there. Awesome. And, um, yeah. Like a family night in. You know, so everybody's invited to to the slideshow. So, well, I've got the controls here. Because now got... with COVID, now with COVID, we don't have much better to do. So this is like virtual traveling and socializing and everything. You know, exactly. Um, the world, <laughs> it's the like world Roosevelt is fireside ch- chats, except you know, not not reactionary. Yes, right. So I, I've got the controls here. So if if you just tell me. Um, to go through are you watching on our discord yeah yeah I can, I can see it as you're doing it and i know it's in sync because i hear you clicking the keyboard and the picture's changing at the same time so awesome so start off at what this tourist card this is pretty cool so this is uh the visa that you get they don't they don't put visas in your passwords they can but because they understand that it might inconvenience you they just have a separate visa so yeah this is this is me um that says um wait can you go back yeah the first row just says the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. So the second, the second line is um, Kwangkwangtung, which is um like if you read those, it's um the Chinese characters for that would be um, Kwangkwangchen, which is like yeah, just tourist pass basically. All right. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and that's you know just me. That my name um Zhong Sangwu, which is Zhong Xiangyu, but like the the characters for Zhong Xiangyu in Korean is um Zhong Sangwu, and yeah it's. Just has general information, my passport number, my birth, my date of birth, my nationality. They left it blank. It should say it should say Han Chinese, but I guess because it was a Taiwan passport, they just didn't want to. Yeah, they yeah. just left it blank to be like a little bit more. Nice. <laughs> that's um. So I went by I traveled by train to the DPRK. So that's me outside of Beijing station. So what happens is um you go from Beijing to Dandong. Dan, it's like a I believe sixteen hour train ride. And then from Dandong, you like just get off the train and you go back on. They they switch things up because it's like the train that goes into the DPRK right across that right across the um, Yalu River or the Amnok River in Korean um, is um Shiniju, which is like the border city between um is China the, and Korea. So is the train? Yes. Uh, is it like a old style train or is it like a brand new? House? Yes, you'll see pictures in a bit. Nice. Just yeah, for, you know, go to the next picture. Everybody loves a good train, so I can't wait to get to them. Just before we skip on to the next bit as well, um, with regards to them, like, you know, being a bit uh, careful with the word Taiwan and not kind of leaving your, your identity blank and stuff with that, with with regards to us discussing before um, how the DPRK's atlases kind of don't recognize Israel and just have Palestine on them, what, what do they... Do they recognize Taiwan as just part of China or like Chinese atlases? Well, yeah, I mean, even the U.S. recognizes Taiwan as a part of China. It, doesn't it have like a dotted line on the U.S. atlases though, where it's like kind of a, a yeah? Line they try to yeah yeah they they they, they do. But um, I mean, in, in the DPRK, well, when I went to Rasun for the nationality, then they actually put they actually put um like Han Chinese Hanzok, which is um Hanzu in Korean. Mm. But um but but um the thing is, when you go to Rasun, they actually do stamp your passports. But I used my Taiwan passport to get in, and as the guy was about to stamp it, this other guy stopped him, and he was like. Like, Taiwan or Taiwan, China. So he's like, don't. <laughs> yeah. Nice. 
Because like if you stamp the passport, then it, it it implies that you recognize like it as a country. Right. Okay. So they're like, we're not gonna stamp it. We're gonna look at it to verify the information, but that's it. Oh, I get it. Okay. I wanted to stamp, but well, I I understand. Yeah. Well, you got that cool booklet instead. So no, they take this little booklet away. Oh. When you leave Korea. Oh. Oh. So you can't even get that. That's sad. Yeah. So, oh, here we go. Here you're on the train. Oh, so that's the that's the train. Those are um two of the tourists in my group. Um, they I think they just wanted to go to the DPRK because they hear a lot about it on the news and they just kind of want to be edgy. They were really nice people, but yeah, they weren't really familiar with um Korean history, and that's actually nice because they're going in without too many preconceived notions. Yeah, well, so sure. They're like, they're like open-minded about things and they were just on the on the train they were just asking about some general history so i just we just kind of filled in filled in the gaps but the worst are the like the super liberal tourists who go in and they think they know everything about the dprk and then they just like make they just like scoff at everything and laugh at everything and it's like if you're gonna be a dick why even go it's a bit like that vice documentary isn't it from years ago where he's just like it's exactly his attitude isn't it where he's going to look for all the bad stuff so he can film all the bad stuff you know, yeah. pictures of soldiers mark, marching and then be like, oh, they were about to arrest me sort of thing. Oh, so like these people, the, these were, this was on the, this was on the train. And these are people who live in um, Dandong and they do business with the DPRK. They're like super communists. Like they, they love Mao. We were singing like songs from the cultural revolution on the train. Cause they were like, they, they just like got pretty wasted and we were just <laughs> talking about and, and um and then one one of them um is that the, is that red braised pork on the on the dish I, I can't see from the picture here um it's it's too pixelated ah. Let me see. I, I don't remember but the guy the guy in the um i think it was the one in the blue shirt he was talking about he was like yeah you know you get some south koreans who think um they're the shit because they have samsung and like lg and hyundai but the thing is they don't the korean the south korean people don't own those companies but those companies own their own their state like on behalf of the u.s basically and they're like they're like so whereas yeah the the the, the north might be a little bit poorer but due to sanctions well, a lot poorer due to sanctions but the people are in charge of their society yeah exactly and he and he talks about how he does business with them like he sells um like just well, everyday everyday items like i guess like you know toothbrushes well good on stuff. this guy right because this guy and many others like him i imagine are the ones keeping korea um connected to the world and beating yeah. these sanctions no, he this got guy here. interviewed by western media once asking how could you how could you do how could you trade with a country like that when they when they don't care about human rights and he was like no i'm trading with them because i care about their human rights and you guys are choking them off. Like you guys are making it so that they have a difficult time getting stuff that everyone should have access to. Yeah, exactly. And what's funny about this picture before I move on, you drink an American beer. Yeah, um, one <laughs> of the, the, the guy in the white shirt looked at it and says, yeah, it's American beer, but it's made in China. So we, we Chinese have stood up. I don't, I don't know the logic behind that, but okay. <laughs> we have stolen American beer. I think most Budweiser's, most bottles of Budweiser have never been near America anyway, haven't they? But that's capitalism fear as well. Here we go. This is a beautiful picture. Yeah, that's me at the border. Um, So on the other side, the river behind me is the Yalu River or the... Amnok River in Korean, and yeah, I'm in China. The other side is Korea. Nice. That's is the it? same bridge, the bridge to the right. That's so does the, the train um, stop so you can get off and take this picture? Well, we had to um get off the train and wait like an hour. 
before we can get back on the train because they had to like they had to disconnect the they had to disconnect i think the the dining the dining cart and reattach the korean one oh right some okay stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so we, we got to wander around dandong for a bit nice well I so like, the bridge I like um there, there used to be two bridges only one of them is working now they left because um those bridges kept on getting bombed during the korean war because the u.s was trying to you know cut the supply line mm -hmm. cut off the supply lines of the on um, the people's volunteer army so they left one of the bridges like in the destructive state as like a as like you know just a reminder of the korean war and they repaired the other one so that's like it's like a one-way road like i think every few hours like there's a train that goes one way and then like the train that goes the other way and then the road like they switch up the direction of it so like on certain hours it's going one way and others it's going like back and um yeah, it's a it's a pretty old bridge. During the Korean War, it kept on getting bombed, and they kept on re reconstructing it. So nice, it was difficult times. It's a Korean beer. Yeah, that's um. After I crossed in, it's um. It's Taedonggang beer. Um, funny story. So um, if a you travel by train, as well. nice. If, if you travel by train, you don't like go like get off the train and go through customs. What happens is customs goes on the train and just does all the stuff like yeah, yeah. with you. And um, so after they check your they check your luggage and they just verify your information, you're free to just wander around the train station when they're checking other people. So I just went off and there was a little cart with a lady selling just snacks and beer. So I've heard every, I've, I've heard so much about Taedonggang beer. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna try some. I ordered in Korean and she was just like, she was, she was like, you can speak Chinese to me. Yeah. Is that the, <laughs> is that the bridge? Also defeated. There's the bridge on the bottle as well. Is that the bridge I... in the background of the bottle? Is that a different bridge? I don't know. Oh, that's the bridge in Pyongyang, is it? Yeah, it's a bridge in Pyongyang because it's called Taedonggang beer. Taedonggang, the Taedong River is in, um, is in Pyongyang. All right. Okay. Okay. So this is like the Korean version of uh, Tsingtao, right? Kind of. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful, isn't it? And it's wow. number two. There's well, like so many other. There's like it goes up to like I think I don't know how what number it goes. I, I think it goes up to at least eight. I'm not exact. Don't quote me on that. There's different flavors. It's like different, like different ratios of different um like percentages and stuff. Nice. How, yeah. how do you uh, how do you rate DPRK beer, Chang Yu? It's good, prefer, like, and they have a lot of micro breweries. We'll go so back. It's... Seems we're on the beer still. Okay, so this is a picture on the train ride. It, okay, the um, the sign says um, Tangonim Dara So um, it says we will follow follow the general for um, for um, ten million li. Li is like a unit, kind of like the way we would say miles for like I guess. So I like, follow okay. him for like countless miles, them, basically. Yeah. And the general, the general is Kim Jong Il. So um, the president. When they say president, they usually refer to um. Kim Il Sung. When they say general, it's usually Kim Jong Il, and when it's a marshal, it's usually Kim Jong Un. Yeah, and if you want to know more about that sort of thing and why, check that document I've, I've plugged at the start because it's got all about the Korean titles and <clears throat> what they mean and stuff. Here we go. A station. Yeah, that's just one of the stations that I passed. You know, um, I think that's. Well, I have to wait for it to show up on YouTube so I can see the pixels. Otherwise, I can't read the sign. I think that's um, that's Leongchun Station. It's just a somewhat one of the stations on the way to Pyongyang. There's a very Soviet vibe to that building. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Food picks. Oh, my favorite. Yeah, that was my first meal in the DPRK. It's just like, 
the thing is, if you've eaten like I, I grew up eating a lot of Korean food because my dad's part of the Chinese diaspora in Korea, so his his tastes are very Korean. But like when you go to if you've eaten like Korean food from the south, because like you know, even prior to the division, like there's been there's always been like different like regional cuisines in Korea. Mm -hmm. Well, like anywhere, so, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if you try like North Korean food for the first time, it's like, oh, it's familiar, but it's also like something that's fresh and new. Mm -hmm. What's this on your chopsticks here? Is this a fish or chicken? Uh, right, right at the front of the picture. I, I think I, I think it's chicken. It looks it looks meaty, whatever it is. It looks like chicken. Are those uh, are those tea eggs as well? Yeah. Yeah. I posted. I, I, out, no, those uh, aren't those aren't tea eggs. Those are. It's kind of like it's it's a little bit like um rudan, like not tea, but like braised uh, eggs, like kind of. I do love a boiled egg. Yeah. Is that cheese as well? On the left-hand side, something with cheese on it. What? No, that's um fried fish. All oh, right, okay, it's like yeah. a batter. batter. And is that a bowl? I mean, like, and in the middle, we've got kimchi, right? Of course. Yeah. Go on, Tom. I mean, like in 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 like all of the kind of um, south of Korean kind of like delicacies and foods you see kind of like in China and stuff nowadays. A lot of it's like kind of like you know rice with cheese and all this kind of. You can see the American influence, but. I'm presuming that all of that kind of stuff, all these kind of variations that the South Korean kind of food has gone through are just not evident in kind of the food in the North. Yeah, not really. And even in the South, that's like just a specific kind of cuisine. It's like they still have like the non-Americanized stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. Just, yeah. Are those I mean, pickled... in the North, they just kind of don't have those things. Are they like, pickled they chilies? Have... Are they pickled Wait, chilies what? at the top, at the top right, at the very top of the picture? I'll do a I, I believe. I believe. Yes. Yes, they are. I'm gonna have to move on. It's making You're me. Yeah, with yeah, the yeah. food, <laughs> It's making me very hungry. Oh, there we go. It's so the, that's the hotel. We're we're getting to Pyongyang Station, and that's on the Lyugyong Hotel. Nice. At night, it turns into this giant LED screen, and it it plays music videos and like revolutionary slogans. And it, it's, nice. It, it, I remember glorious. when this was, is it still incomplete as a hotel i remember when it used to be a, a piece of propaganda that had not been completed yet and it's like well the reason why it's not been completed is because the state has stopped spending money on this hotel because you the us has made everybody starve like what do you want out of them do you want them to create this magnificent hotel or do you want them to feed everybody because you know that's america for you isn't it and their propaganda so i don't think it's open yet for like people to go in but it's big but um, from the outside, it looks pretty complete. Yeah, well, I remember a long time ago that it was like a shell still and that America was making a point out of like, oh, yeah. is this abandoned hotel, you know, how much of a failure career is, blah, 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 because they've not finished it. So here you are at the station, I'm guessing. Train station and that um that slogan, Pyongyang is the most important leader is um in Chinese would be Jing Ai the Zuigao So long live the um respected supreme leader comrade Kim Jong un. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> what does it say on the door? Is that just like Pyongyang? So Pyongyang, yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's a nice station, isn't it? It's really nice. It's really clean too. The thing about um the DPRK is the people there really love cleanliness. Even if you go to like one of the um more, the less developed like towns. Like you know, where it, mm -hmm. it's, it just seems a little bit kind of not where where it's more where where the fact that um, North Korea is still like developing country becomes more evident. It's still really clean. Well, I mean, it's a point of pride, isn't it? You might as well show that like you're still uh, 
keeping yourself disciplined even in the face of all this US bullying, isn't it? It's all about that. Yeah, because I mean, pride. in the 70s and 80s, um, people who visit South Korea would say, like, oh, Seoul is like really dirty, but. Well, I mean, imagine it is. They go to the north. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, and super the, clean. And the 70s, Spotless. 80s, and 90s were a lot well, a lot worse for Korea than it is now. I mean, it's sort of easing off a little bit, hasn't it, as China's been able to. Uh, Breaks well, 70s, the, the north was still like richer than the south. We'll move on. Yeah, yeah it was out, only, outside it was only of the station. Recently, wasn't it? Relatively recently, kind of the uh, GDP is so, turned the other way. Like it was for long, a longer period of time that the, the north was had a higher GDP per capita than the south. I think it was before all the sanctions. So, right, dispel one thing for me, right? So when you're watching these, like, YouTuber, Vice magazine sort of people go to Korea, they, they always go on about how they're, like, watched by handlers all the time and, and all this. Is, is that sort of thing uh, going on here? Like, what, what's going on here when you got out of the train station and to meet your tour guides? Or are they just literally, like, tour guides, like what you would have in I mean, in Europe? The tour guides work for KITC. KITC is the Korean International Tour Company. And that's a state-owned. That's a state-owned tour company. Mm -hmm. So I mean, they're right in that they are state employees. Yeah. But I mean, they're they're just tour guides. And now now if they're responsible for like your shenanigans, so if you do something stupid, then they might have to like you know report you or deal with you. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to do that. Like nobody wants to deal with that sort of bullshit. They just want every. They just want everyone to just follow the rules and you know if. You get on their good side, and it's really hard not to get on their good sides. Then they'll answer like any of your questions, and they'll show you some. They'll, they'll talk about their families. They'll drink with you. They'll. Here's the thing, um, <laughs> even if they are like so-called like oh like government minders, and they're always watching every move. Well, the NSA is doing the same thing with you, but the NSA doesn't drink beers and like talk shit with you. Well, imagine. <laughs> I imagine if. I imagine, I mean, Chinese tourists are banned from going to like NASA and stuff, aren't they? Because they think they're going to like spy on it and stuff. And I imagine if, if like, especially in this current climate, that if uh, some like private tour company uh, would would be reporting Chinese people to the, I don't think they'd hesitate to report them if they thought they were up to no good. An American. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's only the same. Hold on, it it, is when, no when young people go on holiday in Europe and stuff, they get a rep who, who does exactly the same as what you've just described for Korea as well. They just, yeah. people get absolutely drunk instead of being respectful. Carry on. Exactly. And um, another thing I'd like to mention is, yes, it might be annoying. It is kind of annoying that um, you can't just wander off on your own. But the onus is on the imperialists to stop, like constantly trying to undermine the sovereignty of Korea. Exactly. That's another another. Like they're paranoid for good reason. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's not like it's not like this hasn't happened. We've seen. If you the don't want to be followed around all the time, though, if you go and study there as a student, then you're free to just go wherever. Yeah. Also, like, is it, it's a bit similar to the fact that the, the DPRK has its own operating system. It's based on Linux and it's called Red Star OS. And it's been- uh, well, Most of the computers I've seen there have been running pirated Windows. <laughs> <laughs> just like in the West though. Most people pirate Windows in the West, are they not? Well, exactly. Come exactly. on. Right, so and what... the thing about them being cut off from, like how most computers don't have like access to the outside internet means they don't have to constantly fucking like update like Windows without like just you know without the option of it saying no. Exactly, and you, you don't Anyways, have to read Mike Pompeo's tweets either. So come on. Bonus. Yes. What's that's going on the, here? Um, 
it's just the first restaurant I went to. The guy on the left, Rowan, he's a solid guy. He was, um, so I don't know if people know this, but if you travel to North Korea, what happens is you book a tour with a company. Usually they're based in China and then those companies will take you in there. So that you'll have one tour guide from like the foreign tour company. And then you also have your own like KITC tour guides. And, um, they're usually the same, like no matter which company you pick, because at the end of the day, the Korean side's run by KITC, but um, if the company you go with maintains better relations with KITC, you'll probably have a better time. And uh, another thing is KITC will work with these companies and keep in mind the type of people they attract. For example, YPT is a little bit more budget minded and the people there are younger. So they'll assume, okay, these people like to, you know, have a good time and party and drink. So at the end of the day, they might arrange for more, you know, drinking activities, for example. Right. Okay. Well, that makes perfect yeah. sense, right? Yeah. So what so you're saying is you can go on like an 18 to 30s drinking holiday in, in Pyongyang. Essentially. Um, this is outside <laughs> of the SkyTech complex. You know, the building that looks like an atom. It's in the next picture. We can just go to the next one. Right, okay. Go to the next. Oh, is this right? No. Um, we must just skip it. We'll come to it. We'll come back to it. Yeah. That's um my tour guide, Korean tour guide, um Che, Mr. Che. He's absolutely che dripping that watch. Yeah. yeah. The he's, guy, a, he's a cool guy. The guy is dripping in ice. That you know, that watch, if that's a gold watch, good on him. It might be because <laughs> his um his dad was a diplomat in Cambodia, so he spent a lot of time he spent a few years in Cambodia as a kid, and if you're a diplomat you get those sorts of gifts every now and then. Yeah, sure. Uh, like so if like Ferrero well, yeah. Rocher, that sort of advert. Yeah, and then he, before he became a tour guide, he was like a middle school English teacher, but then he hated that, so then he was like, fuck it, I'm going to become a tour guide. Nice. Yeah. So, um, we, we could, tourists are allowed, to, you're not required to, but you can buy flowers to offer to the statues of um, Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il. And what they do is, after you lay the flowers and you leave, they take the flowers and they sell them again to of course. Like, a new set of tourists. <laughs> why, why not? You're just literally renting, exactly. it for, renting it for a minute, right? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Well, what's the point in throwing them away as well? You know, we talk about environmentalism at the minute and everything's got to be... Well, like, that, hold on, hold on. What, what, hold on. What made you stand right on top of a grate on this picture? I was about to say that. <laughs> I'm getting like no reason. I'm getting like it the clown vibes from seeing seeing you stood oh. on that that great. I just happened to stand there yeah. and when the picture was taken because wow. um it was, it was the first day and I didn't really know anyone on the tour group yet so you don't want to be like all like picky it's like oh I want to stand here I want you to like stand over there take the picture it's just like hey can you please take a picture of me nice well it looks kind of dead like you're trying to prove something standing on this great like Korean greats are better than anybody else's I'd be scared to stand there nice. Here we go. Yeah, so we visited the metro stations, and every every station has its own theme, and those are the the, the background. It's some um, mosaic, and the trains are imported from um, Germany. Nice, really, from Eastern Germany. I think from West Germany. Germany. I think West Germany actually, but um, the new trains are domestically produced. I'll show some of the newer ones later. Oh, I, I have cool. a video of I have a video of one of the new trains. That artwork. Well, this, is, this is just this is just like the train station we have in the UK, isn't? Yeah, it, it literally does look like London Underground Station, but better. That artwork is, is amazing. No, um, it's, except it's like a hundred. It's like a hundred meters deep, so you have a long escalator ride. Wow. 
Yeah, because they double as bomb shelters, and then um, if you go in, you actually see um, there's um, three layers of glass barriers. They're they're like not they're not closed when you go in, but you can tell like in the wall that yeah, like yeah, there yeah. are glass barriers. Check out the proletarian oh. vibes going on on that artwork, though. I love that. They're, they're, they're really sticking to socialist realism, the realism yeah. art, aren't they? No, their their artwork's amazing. It's brilliant. That's awesome. Yeah. And just then and more... then just the architecture, the mix of like uh, sort of bourgeois style with proletarian art in the background. So these um in the last two years, I believe all of these stations got renovated so they don't look exactly the same now but mm -hmm. the basic features like the mosaics and the um the chandeliers and stuff are still there they've they've just been updated to look more modern look at the uh look at the look at the bottom of the chandelier uh it's got a korean flag it, wait does it, it yeah look at the dangling bit at the the chandelier the one closest to the camera there's two little north korean flags hanging off the bottom of it that looks awesome I don't know if everybody else can see the picture in such good quality. It's pretty lit. But yeah, have a, it's your picture. Just have a look at that. That's awesome. So even the chandelier that's like bourgeois style has uh, proletarian It's vibes. been cleansed. Yeah, exactly. It's been cleansed. <laughs> I'm good at the next picture. Where's the next one? Hold on, I think I'm zoomed in still. Yeah, there we go. Awesome. That's yeah, the selfie. It's the yeah. selfie everybody wants, that isn't it? Wait, sorry. Every every socialist slash communist guy on on the internet wants to take a selfie there where you took one. So I'd be proud of that. If that were me, I'd have that picture framed and on my wall. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, this train is brilliant. Yeah, that's the older um the German produced trains. So like. The, the um you had to open the doors by hand when you get to the stations nice. whereas the newer ones they're pretty much like the chinese like sub they're they're kind of like the subway trains in beijing except they don't have advert they don't have advertisements inside yeah we've got a video of one of these trains later on i saw it when i was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we'll get to that yeah, for the contrast but this train is beautiful look at it that is. the wood chip walls and everything so I was wearing a white shirt and black pants, so I guess I, I was dressed like a Korean, like a, a Korean student or whatever, <laughs> or like office worker. And like this one, like grandma, I think I think she asked me like, "Why aren't you wearing a pen?" <laughs> what? Because yeah, I'm just like, he's an office worker. Why is he not wearing one? This is another. Ah, uh, okay. This is the this is another fantastic station. Look at this. Yeah, I, I love the um the, the pictures of Kim Il Sung and I uh, do as well because he's Jong just Il literally lounging. He's literally lounging yeah. like a dad, like on his lawn, telling telling the local lads to stop playing football on the edge of his lawn. That's how working <laughs> class is. Amazing. Yeah. This one, the chandeliers aren't as good in this one, but the grandiosque size beats the other one, doesn't it? Tim, Tim, mm. in, Tim in the chat is saying that these trains are maintain, better maintained than the trains on Mersey Rail. Uh, Mersey Rail is like the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the railway surrounding Liverpool, which yeah, I, can, I can definitely say, yeah. to, mm -hmm. say to that. This is a brilliant piece of art as well. Uh, what yeah, are those... We can just go through this picture. There's not much to explain. What here. are those flags? Explain those flags. Do you know? Oh, um, that, that's the um, emblem of the Workers' Party of Korea. Yeah, the big one. But what are the smaller flags? What do these all represent? Are these different unions or something? Or Let me see. Um... I've never really seen any oh, of these see, other yeah. flags. The white and red star flag. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what a lot of... I'm not sure, I'm not sure what they are. Yeah, we'll have to look what they are, what, what they are, because that's pretty cool. Is that an older piece of art as well? It looks quite old, that one. 
All of these, or I think all of these artworks are fairly old. Nice. Very revolutionary, isn't it? You see, like, the, uh, the almost, like, kind of Korean War kind of era. Yeah. Okay, so go to the next picture after this, because I zoom in on one part. <laughs> it says Made in USA on the um, ammo box. <laughs> and it's upside down as well. Seized, seized and redistributed. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, and again, how old is this plaque? Because that lad holding the sign up just looks like a British working class, like, raver lad. <laughs> I don't know how old these are. Wow. They probably, uh, they probably told us, but, like, they they drop so much trivia at each of the stations that you just forget. Yeah, exactly. But the, but the DPRK still main... They still uh, churn out socialist realism art, don't they? I keep yeah, saying... Yeah, they do. Like, yeah. I, th I think that's really awesome. It is. Another good one. Isn't Kim Yo-jong, isn't she the, the, the head of culture? The that's culture a mosaic, right? Not a painting. At the moment. Yeah, the, these are all mosaics. Is who, Tom? Say that again. You were a bit quiet. Sorry, uh, Kim Yo Jong, his sister, um, Kim, Kim Jong Un's sister, is I believe is something to do with like the, the media or the arts, kind of like culture secretary or something at the minute. Could be wrong. I believe she she plays some role in the media, like uh, art media. This is just um some uh, a Korean mother and her kid with a, with a Chinese um police car toy. Right. <laughs> I'm going to get you onto one that you can talk about for a minute or two while I pop off. So this is the um, Arch of Triumph. It's, I think it's 10 meters taller than the one in Paris. I was about to say it's, it's strikingly similar. It, yeah. It's built it's... with like the same kind of, the same kind of intention, like a, a war yeah. memorial. Arch. Yeah, it's, it's also called um the, the Arch of Triumph. And, um, but look at the dates. It's 1925 to 1945. 1925 is the year that, um, Camille Sung, like, like, started, like, you know, doing revolution. And 1945 is the liberation of Korea from um, Japanese colonization. Wow. It, so, so they're kind of, I, I wonder if there'll be, like, kind of a new memorial built when, when the puppet government's finally defeated and Korea's unified once again. Because, like, it's kind of like saying, to be continued isn't it that it's like saying we've defeated basically we've defeated because they enemy. also have they also have like 1950 to 1953 for the um, the korean war oh that's interesting have you seen any memorials dedicated to anti-imperialist struggles like throughout africa or the middle east or such in the dprk yeah in the dprk i did not see them but i'm sure they ex they probably exist mm. Because I remember, like, when I was, uh, I told you this just before stream, I remember when I was in the kid, uh, a kid growing up in the Middle East, like, um, like, the, the view... Is this a video? The... Uh, it's an image, I believe. No, I think, I think it's a video. Is it? Um, is it one of the videos we've got? Let's have a look, because we've got a few queued up.
store because it was really awesome that's an awesome video yeah let's go back to the images is is that a dprk indigenously built bus or is that a chinese bus uh, king long it's chinese so there was a joke that looks... sorry sorry gone i oh, was, there was say, a... it looks like fairly um like fairly new bus so it's kind of like you know, China is still clearly supplying the DPRK with things as well, even though they're yeah, not yeah. supposed to be. So <laughs> the, the the highways are in bad are in bad repair because of the sanctions mostly. So then, like, it was for some parts of the ride, it was kind of bumpy. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the guys in the tour group was a Chinese guy actually. Um, told the commentant, oh, the the the, the um, it's the road's kind of bumpy, and the tour guide's just like. There's nothing wrong with our Korean built roads. There's something wrong with your Chinese built bus. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a, obviously a joke. But yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, classic. What's this bond? Is this something? You, what is it? A Korean? It was like, just. Um, we bond? were we, we were outside of a um, of a subway station, and I saw a stand, so I just kind of went over and just bought. I didn't. I don't know what it was. I just I just bought it and tried it. It was pretty good because I was feeling hungry. So you know. Nice. Yeah. Exactly. We've got to try the local food. Yeah, this one is Liberation Station, um, Kwang. Wait, 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 let me see it on YouTube. Uh, there's so many people on the streets, it's amazing. Uh, there's something that they keep out of, like, Western documentaries on Korea. They make sure that they film empty streets. And plus put a filter on it, like, a yellow filter. Grey. Yeah. Yeah, this gray. is from Kwangbokyok, which is, um, um, liberation station or Guangbok in Chinese is Guangfu, so it's like the restoration of the light, which is what they call um, call the liberation from Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this station, if you go inside the station, the artwork like is like stuff related to liberation from Japan. That looks tasty. It's so cool, that isn't it? It's like in London, you've you've got you know Pall Mall Station, and then in in the DPRK, you're like, oh, where am I meeting you? I'm meeting you at the. Uh the reunification from Japan station. Like, there's just so much cooler names. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, the UK has this stuff. The they're just, West. no, the UK yeah. has this stuff, like Nelson's Column and all this. They're just, they're just, um, yeah. they're just celebrating a different class. North Korea, yeah. this stuff is, is all celebrating working class culture and working class liberation and working class people. 
working class. So in pride. London, you have like Winston Churchill hates Indian people station, for example, probably. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> um, you do have. We've got, you know, there's so many monuments to imperialists. It's only the same. You build monuments mm -hmm. to the to the ruling class. Build monuments, basically. That's so this is um, Korean, like northern bibimbap, which is a little bit different from southern bibimbap. What they do is they actually add this poor little soup in it. But you know, it's it's pretty good. It looks good. Is that like a satay kind of style sauce? Uh, it's just um gochujang. Okay. So it's like a type of hot sauce, like a it's mm. like a punch, it's like a fermented fermented like like spicy sauce that they use in Korea. Nice. Is this a cold dish? No, it's warm. It's it's in a stone pot, so you know it's warm. Mm -hmm. Because a stone pot retains the heat better. It looks amazing. I could keep the yeah. food pictures up all all day. Now that's a beautifully taken and composite composed shot you've got there. Really? I just took a <laughs> it was a random snapshot. Well look at the shape of those buildings. They go they flow nice. Uh, but if you were looking at it's a western, it's hard to take a bad picture in Pyongyang. Like even if like even like you take an accidental picture in Pyongyang, chances are it's gonna look good. Yeah, well, the, in the west, those advertisement boards there would be like uh, Coca Cola and some Hollywood film. But here they're like yeah. some good proletarian. This is just revolutionary artwork, and um, this is outside of the um, the Kwangbok Kwangbok um, department store. Look at the apartments as well. They look, they look really nice. A lot of the older apartment buildings were getting were getting demolished. Nice. So you know the thing is, if you're in a Western, like if you're in a capitalist society and you see buildings getting demolished and new ones being built, you feel bad because you know like the ones getting demolished, like poor people are getting fucked over and a lot of them might end up homeless and they can't afford to live in the new gentrified communities. But over there, it's like, oh, you're happy for the people because you know if a like a a building that's like dilapidated and falling apart is getting knocked down and a new one's getting up. That means people are getting relocated. Mm -hmm. Housing it's for all. Accommodation. Housing for all is one of the main socialist like uh, demands, isn't it? Yeah. This, so yeah, this is the um, the Kwangbok department store. You've got a good action shot of that guy running. Oh yeah. Nice. He looks like he's about to do that uh, Naruto run meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know he didn't? Did, did you say you... <laughs> Come on, Tom. Did you say you weren't allowed to take pictures in the uh, department store? Yeah, I wasn't allowed. I mean, like I probably inside. could have gotten away with it, but I just didn't want to be a dick, you know? Any reason why they didn't what, allow what me to? What was it or... kind of like... I don't... It's kind of like how sometimes you go to some stores and they don't want you to take pictures in general. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So no, no reason, I guess. I mean, this is outside of the Korean War Memorial. So 1953 is the year the armistice was signed. Yeah. Uh, is that just a reflection off the, the the tower blocks in the background? I guess it is. That's yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a reflection. It's so shiny. It's mm. yeah. So that's it's it's um this is called like the memorial of the victory of the Fatherland Liberation War. Awesome. So they they that refer looks... to the Korean War as the Fatherland Liberation. Mm -hmm. That looks because beautiful. um it's kind of it's kind of hard to um I used to argue that oh it was definitely the South that started the Korean War, but now I think that's not even the right approach because you can't look at the Korean War as something that just happened in 1950. It's um, a continuation of the of the liberation struggle against the Japanese imperialists. So you, mm -hmm. the two forces at play are the, liberate, the, the national liberation forces and the Comprador forces. 
right? And that yeah. began mm -hmm. when Korea was still a Japanese colony, mm -hmm. and it, it was just a continuation of it. But with Japan, with the Japanese colonizers gone, it just became the U.S. It's the and same I mean, as it's the same as China, really, isn't it? The, the, the Communist Party grew because of Japanese occupation as well, didn't it? As, as well as um, a little bit different because the um, the workers the Workers Party of Korea is like a combination of different like left leaning parties, including like the Communist Party of Korea, like there even like I think Social Democratic Party and stuff. It, it's like a combination of like all of the forces that are pro um, national liberation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I, I think they call it the Fatherland Liberation War because they successfully defended um, the revolution. At least the the revolution, even though they even though they failed to reunify Korea, they still defended like. Well, we've spoke yeah. about this before, haven't we, Tom? And it's like uh, the Korean War. Uh, <clears throat> the moment the U.S. signed a ceasefire is the moment that, that the DPRK won uh, the war of, for its liberation because that's USA. Uh, admitting that it exists and in doing that uh you know has allowed them to exist to this point so oh and you know going by marxist sort of philosophy the reu the, the fall of capitalism is inevitable so they'll just they'll just wait it out they can sit in in ceasefire indefinitely because i'll wait for the usa to just just to not be able to afford to stay in in the south uh, and just reu reunify the country that way Reunification will always come on the North's terms. The the people who actually won the the liberation. Only if they waited out successfully. If they yeah, fail to wait exactly. it out, then it'll be bad. Yeah, unless they don't. You know, the ceasefire remains. Of course, then they've won, haven't they? You know, that's what I'm trying to get. At. But the kind of like the idea, kind the idea of of Juche in, in general, the idea of self reliance and stuff like that means that they've been masters of waiting it out for the past. Uh, seventy odd years now. Like, mm -hmm. I think that they've they've already they've gotten through the worst of it. They've learned how to deal with famines. They've they've become kind of self sufficient in the most incredible ways, and they've managed to build a nuclear arsenal at the exact same time that they're doing it. And so I don't think that we've funny, anything to worry about with the DPRK yeah. unless we've got a direct imperialist attack, which obviously no one can really protect against. That's what the nukes are there for, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think what's funny is. Um, the, we'll have to go through the pictures a little bit faster, though. Yeah, we'll we'll speed up. Uh, the the um, the DPRK will just uh, has had far worse propaganda thrown at it than than China is at the minute. Yet it remains. Oh, this know. is a USS Pueblo. Nice. So, so, so 1968, um, a so-called research ship. It was really a US spy ship, but they called it a research like research ship. Was mm -hmm. um, caught within the territorial waters of the DPRK around Wonsan. So. There was there was a fight. Um, one of the one of the um, crew members got killed, and yeah, they seized it, and then they dragged it from Wonsan to Pyongyang to um, display at the Korean War Museum. Yeah, I mean, and wow. um, it's, it's technically it's tech. The U.S. never decommissioned that ship, so under international law, when you step aboard it, you are on U.S. territory. Nice. That is such a chad move. Yeah, yeah. well, um, they still want it back, don't they? The U.S. Yeah, the U.S. actually admitted that it was spying. Like that's um the the pe the crew members were in prison for like a year and yeah the U.S. admitted that it was spying so it could get the crew members back. Yeah. I have more pictures on it. You don't have to zoom in. Let's go. You through. can if you want. Oh, those are the those are the um the the, crew the spies members surrendering. Yeah, they're the spies. Yeah. Signed confessions, I guess. Yep. 
Now, if you see the video footage of them surrendering, they're actually shaking. It's hilarious. Nice. And I guess that. <laughs> yeah, this is us stepping aboard U.S. territory in Korea. This is the ship. <laughs> I love how Some it's. Documents. I love we'll how it's about... um, still it's still still not decommissioned. So you're literally like you are stolen, standing on something stolen from uh, the imperialists. <laughs> yeah, it's quite it's pretty funny. Chad. Go on, Sam. What, what... I was, gonna, I was just going to ask, uh, what do you know about the US soldiers who defected the North? Like, you mean like Joe Dresnick? Uh, I don't know their names, to be honest. <laughs> There's... Yeah. The America, like the Western soldiers, like Joe Dresnick, um, Jenkins, and them, I mean, not all of them, not, not all of them became like kind of... It's a difficult society to get used to if you're unwilling to, you know immerse yourself and unwilling to be open-minded and joe dresnick was one of the ones who was more open-minded about korea and eventually became more or less accustomed to their culture and started hanging out with you know korean people and socializing and stuff but jenkins didn't fare too well so then um he ended up leaving after um i think in the 2000s but yeah, Joe Dresnick died because he lived a very unhealthy lifestyle. But his two sons, who were who are like these two white dudes, are in the Korean People's Army. Nice. And um, there was this wow. interview recently by there was this one guy from uh, South Korea. He's he he's an American citizen, but he used to go to the DPRK to um do to just do um stuff promoting reunification. And once he once interviewed those two guys and they were just talking about how their father's um, last words to them were to, you know, defend the revolution and like be loyal to Kim Jong-un. And when I, it's, it's just so funny just seeing these two like white guys saying that in like perfect Korean. And they, it's funny, they're white, but they speak, um, they, they speak English with a heavy Korean accent. And I kind of feel bad for them because, you know, when they were little kids and they were playing games on the playground, the Korean kids probably told them, okay, you guys need to play the bad, the evil Americans. Like when they're playing like, you know. <laughs> well, but, why not? But um, didn't miss, didn't the father, Joe or, or James Dresnock, didn't he actually play the imperialist in like, in DPRK war films after the war as well? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was always the American bastard in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> and like, he really enjoyed his role apparently. Like, he, I'm sure I saw an interview from him once and they were like, you know, you always play the bad guy. And he was like, yeah, because his friends guy. called him Ar Arthur because Arthur was the name of his character in one of the movies. That's incredible. Yeah, that's me with the um, the the museum guide. She nice. was um, she was pretty cool. She was like, "Is this the first time in our country?" And I said, "No, I've been to the occupied South, but this is my first time in the free area." Nice. <laughs> and then oh, she her, her eyes lit up when I said it that way. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, what was her reaction to such a based response? There you go. She arrives. That's just another up. monument at the oh, war museum. That is just beautiful. I, it's I, sad I, because inside, I couldn't take pictures inside the museum, but um, it's a pretty cool. It, 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 the museum itself is amazing. This is the um the Kumsusan um, Palace of the Sun. That's where the bodies of Kim Il Sung and Kim Jong Il are kept. Right. Okay. And I'm guessing so, you can't take pictures in there either. No, we couldn't. Are they on open display like Mao Zedong's or? Yeah, they're on open display. Is it... Wow. That's... This is. I um... always find it kind of kind of strange, but kind of creepy to be I honest. I mean, I've seen Mao. 
Yeah, I've seen Mao, and that was that was odd. I watched a oh, YouTube my. video of Lenin being cleaned once. That apparently is like ninety percent plastic now or something. Mao wasn't done too well because um that was like at the height of the Sino-Soviet split. Yeah, so, I've heard um, about this. They didn't. Yeah, but um, Kim Il Sung and Kim Jong Il were done by the Russians, so they're preserved pretty. They look pretty realistic. This is the reunification. Statue. Archer reunification, yes. Ah. Nice. That's beautiful, that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That should be an album cover. I like Maybe the way it's day. just the whole Korean peninsula. Or not an album cover, but like the oh, inside. Of course, um, the, the Korea, like, no matter if it's North Korea, North Korea or South Korea, like, the governments don't consider them to be two countries. They consider themselves to be, like, the governments of all of Korea. Yeah, of course. And, but they know that they only control sort half of the, the peninsula. Mm -hmm. sort of like but you don't see incomplete maps, even in the Great. South. Like, if you go to the south and you see, like, their so-called maps of the Republic of Korea, it shows the whole peninsula. Just like if you go to the north and you buy a map of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, it shows all it shows all of Korea, including, you know, Jeju and Dokdo and... Definitely right. That's mm. a centerfold for one of your albums, that one. Is that a guy <laughs> having... that in mind. Are they having... Uh, I just wanted to show you, this is what um rest, rest areas in um, North Korea look like. Nice. I was going to say, are these guys having a pee? That's probably the best, they... most beautiful toilet in, in the world, they though, are. right? So, introduce you guys to my friends, um, Robert and Quee. Nice. <laughs> Jesus. Right. I, I'd love to just lie, lie down there, honestly. What, you'd lie down in there pee. in their pee? No, <laughs> not, not in there. May, may I ask? It's just, may I took I too ask? many pictures of, like, scenery on the highway. This is just one what of them I picked at random. What was the weather in North Korea like? Is it sort of like a chill... Oh, weather. Um, I mean, I went in September, so it was kind of it was kind of hot, for, but um, it was. But I remember I was living in Taiwan at the time, so it felt really cool to me because Taiwan's like really humid and hot. Mm -hmm. well, it was pretty comfortable in September. The scenery is beautiful. Pyongyang isn't it? is roughly the same um, long, longitude as, as Beijing, isn't it? Or just a little bit higher. So, like, I mean, Beijing has kind of like quite varied temperatures depending on the time of year doesn't it yeah so yeah like it could get really hot too and, and what people yeah. would say about this photo is that this would be used by the u.s to prove that nothing's going on in korea but this is a picture of uh the, the earth's surface that has not been touched by capitalism that's what you're looking at there uh, this is the thing um like once you leave once you leave towns and cities and you're just like on the highway like north and south korea look pretty similar I mean, because they are, because they are, it's the same peninsula, it's the same country. Yeah, exactly. It's not like there's a magic mm. barrier with different sort of ecosystems, is it? But like, it's just amazing how how uh, how beautiful it is without uh, pylons everywhere and and factories put into to places, you know. So this is a pit stop for the people who could actually hold it in and didn't have to pee at the side of the highway. All right, nice. <laughs> we had a little picnic there too. Wow. That's um. A burger we had some fried chicken and that's kimbap and um i think our white tour guide didn't refrigerate the fried chicken properly because half half of the tour half of the half of the group got diarrhea after this meal <laughs> oh dear after, like two or three meal. days Ext the only people who didn't get diarrhea were the ones who drank um alcohol with this meal wow that was, is like, it was it was in the middle of the day and like i didn't think about drinking because you know I, I wasn't really I just didn't feel like drinking, and I wish I did because it was the next few days were 
fucking miserable. On <laughs> <laughs> one of the days, we actually had a water water shortage in Hamhung, so imagine having diarrhea and a water shortage. Wow, I don't yeah. want to imagine that. You're a brave, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just chilling outside of the. Okay, so I'm dressed like a nerd because we went to the Kumsusan Palace of the Sun just before leaving, and we had to dress like somewhat nicely. I mean, so, yeah, I, I think you look pretty, pretty gangster, to be fair. Yeah, so yeah. that's just, just um taking a picture with some locals, in um Kangwon Province, out just near the Ulim Waterfall. Nice, nice lads. I like his. So like if you're like if you're in Pyongyang, like the locals there are just kind of sick of seeing tourists and whatever. But once you leave Pyongyang, everyone there is just like super like excited to see tourists. Yeah. <laughs> That kind of um, that jacket that they're all wearing, all the workers. That, that's the kind of stereotypical thing you see, like plastered all over, like propaganda, isn't it? Like, is that just like a workers, like a standard workers' dress? Is it kind of thing that they're? Yeah, yeah, it's just or... what they like to wear. Beautiful yeah, I mean, it looks lot. comfortable. Like, looks looks pretty. Looks, I'd wear it. <laughs> it's just um, their their clothes are just very um, like they're just very practical. functional, impractical. Yeah. Yes. Another album cover shot right there. Yeah, that's a really beautiful that. What's a squat? Exactly. That's awesome. I like the way there's no there's no like people in the shot as well. Like you know, normally these beautiful shots are ruined by loads of people taking pictures, aren't they? In within the picture, but it's just like pristine, empty beauty. The way they set it up though in that shot is like this part kind of goes outside <laughs> of the um the main area so then like if you go there no one else is going to be in the shot. I think they had that in mind. They nice. designed it that way so you could take awesome shots without people ruining it. <laughs> Do they have squat toilets there? Cuz I imagine of course. It's like yeah yeah. Cuz it's like it's really common in the Middle East and like rest of Asia. So that's some um, which in Chinese would be um so it's like um you it's kind of like um I, I, kind of like self-reliance in a way yeah is this a factory it's a fertilizer factory in Hamhung. all right okay i like how there's a like a a a, a, a guard tower entrance thing and a fence because yeah. that would get picked up by certain australian satellite okay, can you guys talk a bit i just got to step away real quick yeah yeah cool uh i was just saying 30 that, seconds the, the, the oh, look, fat, look, look, Fran, it's a fence. Oh, it's a concentration it's camp. It's a fence draw, 30 foot high. Blinder on that. Exactly. It's 30 we foot high it. from above that fence if you catch the shadow at the right I mean, time the, of day. I mean, that, that like smokestack right there just proves that it's a death camp, doesn't it? I mean, like, no other building would have a smokestack like that. That yeah. must be for the ovens. And the guard tower with its supermax security fencing around it. I mean, it, it, these sort of build. This is one thing that uh, these these that works in the favour of these uh, grifters is that tankies. Uh, is that buildings kind of look like this in Asia anyway, and it's just the norm to build like a compound with a wall around it and a guard tower. At the, well, not a guard tower, but like a security guard hut at the entrance. That's just how it is. Uh, the, you know, you'll see this sort of entrance to a factory across China as well, uh, and Korea. Um, it's just the norm to build a compound. Why would you not? You don't want people just like, you know, walking into your factory. Yeah, we have the same uh, in the West. Go walk, go walk around any, uh, you know, factory industrial area of your city and you'll see 12 foot high barbed wire fences running around the factory. Oh, well, well wall. you don't get it, friend. What walls are fascist you know like that one in germany that they're yeah, sorry down, drink a bit too much water 
It's all right. We were just talking about how, how this fence is like a big scary thing and 30 foot high if you're a sort of ASPI uh, <laughs> concentration camp kind of guy. We're just saying that this sort of layout is common. Yeah, so you know you know that Korean? It says concentration camp. <laughs> yeah, they, they put a sign outside, of course. Uh, 26, 26 inmates are here at the minute or whatever that says, you know. Nice t-shirt. 26 inmates killed an hour. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. 10, 10 to burgers. This is Hamhung. Hamhung City. It's on the eastern coast of Korea. Am I, I right in saying... To... Sorry? I was just going to say, am I right in saying that in the cities in the DPRK, there's a lot more green space than your it average looks like cities throughout the world? Yes, there definitely is. And they have a lot of parks. It looks like it. I mean, it looks like there's no pollution in the sky. Look how far you can see. And those mountains must be, what, 30 miles I away? I think one thing you'll notice if you go to the DPRK is the people there have um, tend to have like very good skin. And part of me think it's, thinks it has to do with the fact that they have like more green space in the cities. And, and clear skies. They not smoke us yeah, and, and they eat healthy. And like, okay. you know, like your skin is basically just like it's like a reflection of like the health of like i don't know your internal organs and whatever and if you keep at those mike in good pompeo. repair then your skin's gonna be i mean just look at mike pompeo prime example One international children's camp camp yeah <laughs> it's a children's concentration camp I, th I think Vito is trying to ask something. Go on, Vito. Really quiet. I have to ask Chang Yu uh, that do North Koreans not smoke as much as Chinese people in uh, somewhere like in Beijing? Cigarettes. Not cigarettes. Yeah. North Korean men love to smoke cigarettes. I think they smoke more than Chinese people. Korean uh, North Korean women tend not to smoke though. Oh, okay, so it's because they much more. Uh, like to indicate that they they wanted to be more as healthy as possible. Have Have you seen any shisha bars or like generally um, like foreign cuisine restaurants? I'm, I'm interested in shisha cuisine bars. Re I've seen foreign um, cuisine restaurants. I haven't seen shisha bars, but oh. they would they would love it because North Korean men love smoking. Is this the children's oh, camp? If If I If I If I uh, What do you call it? If uh, if the day comes where they have way they get the opportunity to like open up their economy to investment and stuff, I'd, I'd definitely open up the first shisha bar there. That'd be epic. Nice. I would go there. I'll be one of your first paying customers. Absolutely, nice. mate. I'll give you an eight. I'll give you an eight percent discount like that that uh, restaurant owner in Gaza who offers an eighty percent discount <laughs> for like for all Koreans because of uh, the DPRK's support for the Palestinian cause. Oh, that was just so wholesome to see. Nice. So this is inside the children's I, I camp, right? Yes. Look at these slave boat drivers. It's funny how they're all dressed like little gopniks. <laughs> but they, all, <laughs> they all are little gopniks. Yeah. So is this the school? Yeah, it's a pretty nice camp. I have videos and stuff taken inside, but I didn't share it just because, um, just for brevity's sake. But it's yeah. a pretty nice camp. The facilities are pretty nice. And um, there's a lot of hands-on learning and a lot of different activities. Wow. Tom, Tim, Tim in say? the chat. Sorry. Go on, Tom, first. I was going to say, briefly before we get too far away from the smoking topic, I've heard multiple times, but only from, like, crazy bourgeois sources that, like, um, cannabis is completely legal in the DPRK, but I've never like kind of cross-referenced that with any kind of left-wing sources, so I don't even know whether that's just a bourgeois lie 
Like if you make... try to fill up a truck with kilos of weed and drive it <laughs> into there from China, you're gonna get in trouble. Now, if you now if there's like cannabis growing on the side of the street and you pick it and roll it, it's not illegal. There's but the, there's just some. Um, it's something that's there, but it's not like there's no stoner culture. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And I think it's wholesome because you know like. Weed itself isn't bad, but fucking stoner culture just ruins it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Tim, Tim in the chat is saying for a third world country, it certainly looks a lot better than first world Britain. Wow, look that. at I this school classroom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so they're watching a video on um, like how to cook, and right next to that classroom is a kitchen. So like after they watch this video, they're like, they go next door and just try out what they see in the video. Wow. Teaching them actual life skills to children. Wow! Just yeah. look at the look at how uh, brand new, clean, and and full of, you know, this looks. This is what a school should look like. But you know, you're not gonna find a school. It looks better than any school I've seen to. in the UK recently. Mm -hmm. So it's nicer than the schools I've visited in like, in like North Korea. Because I mean, keep in mind this is a summer camp, so it's it's um. But I mean, All it's right, okay, the facilities yeah. are nice. But yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. You know, wow. So this is one son, and as I said, since I went during National Week, these people are rehearsing for National Day festivities. All right, yeah, I see. The I think um, I, wait, I think this is a wait, no, this is not a video. I absolutely love their traditional clothing. Yeah. Um. So this is just on one son pier. If you just walk down the pier, you know, it's nice. a little island, and these people are just kind of fishing and looking for clams and stuff like that nice i mean a site you see in greece all the time you go holiday to greece you'll see this sort of thing going on in the villages i had to shoot it in a way because like in a weird angle because there was this um like soldier she was like probably just out of high school from her age she was walking around with an ak with a bayonet on the end you know it's a coastal area so they have like they have like coastal patrols and stuff mm -hmm. but all. okay can you since she's military i can't like i couldn't take a picture of her Ah, okay. I was gonna ask if you could like take selfies with them or something. Nice, you, nice composition ask, of this one. If, if you ask, you probably can. And if in doubt, if it's a male soldier, and if you offer them like camel or marble cigarettes, they'll probably say okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So like, I don't, I don't usually smoke. I, I, I'll smoke socially every now and then, but um, if you go there, definitely bring foreign cigarettes. They love foreign cigarettes. Nice. All right. Lovely. Good tip. Good tip. That's um Camille Song's childhood home. All right. Yeah. That's you... me. That's me doing MTV Cribs. Have we seen that? That's in that uh, My Neighbor Next Door. Uh, the documentary. Yeah, uh... yeah. I'm pretty sure that is. My neighbors in the north. Yeah, that's know. it. Or oh, my brothers and sisters in the north. That's it. My brothers and that's sisters. That's a that, that's an amusement park. That's um nearby Camille Song's childhood home. Nice. And that's oh. a military parade on National Day. Oh wow. You went to that, right? I couldn't go to the middle of the military parade. I think some of these pictures are out of order, but that's fine. This is um this is the um the place where the negotiations were held between um Korea and the US. All right, okay. Panmunjom. That's the that's the armistice. Mm -hmm. That's the armistice agreement. Yeah. Nice. I'm just saying there. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's bit, it's bit, it must feel uh, I don't know. Must you, you must have had a weird feeling sitting in front of that. Yeah. Oh, this I is saw, where Donald um, Trump went and stood, right? Yeah. So, um, 
past the concrete slab that's some um, southern territory mm-hmm. it's occupied territory and fun fact Panmunjom village before the axe incident wasn't divided so like you would you could enter the area and then once you're in the area like soldiers on both sides could freely roam around but after like some certain some altercations they decided to just split the area into two to prevent those things from happening again but they split it in a way that it's east to west and not north and south just to kind of like because they don't want to be reminded too much of like the divide of korea so they made it east to west instead of like north and south all right so it's actually a symbolic line it's not the actual line no, it still is the line because if you look at the map, the the um the demarcation line does make a like a. Oh, they've drop. actually changed the the border to suit this as well. Well, not really because in the past, like it was like Panmunjom was like an area which is like in the middle of like the DMZ, so it's like the lines would just be like it would be like a little bubble inside, like a like an enclave almost. Okay. But that yeah. makes sense. Um, do they? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Do they do they um do they learn Chinese as their second language? Um English is they everyone learns English. Some people learn Chinese. A lot of people, especially in the more northern areas of the DPRK, learn Chinese just because of um increased contact. But in Pyongyang you find a lot of people who speak Chinese. So like it wasn't hard for me to just strike up conversation with um a lot of like like store attendants, like bartenders, etc. So it'd be better if I like because I'm learning Chinese and like uh, would it be better for me to speak English or Chinese with them if I want to you know strike up a conversation something which whichever one they understand. All right, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> nice food. This is um, a meal that we had in um, Kaesong. Kaesong was um, Kaesong is actually south of the 38th parallel because you know after the armistice agreement like the the the, um, the demarcation line between the two halves of Korea wasn't perfectly on the 38th parallel it kind of became like this little like slanted like jagged line mm-hmm. mm. Kaesong is mostly intact because for much of the war it was under um southern control i think that meme that like socialist countries don't have food is just completely broken by pictures like this and what's going on in china at the minute yeah what was that guy we watched on that documentary tom when he's going about a ton of rice that look at the size of that bowl of rice Sorry, yeah. I just love looking at food. That's dog. <laughs> really? Yeah. How was what it? What did it say? Does it taste like chicken? It tastes like <laughs> lamb. Wow. Oh, no. Yeah, I could expect so. It's red meat. It's you could you could I mean you can you can get dog in South Korea too, but it's just kind of hush hush like hidden in alleys. Wow. Mm. Hidden alley <laughs> dog. Yeah. So this like we we um there actually is a concrete wall along that divides on um, the two halves of Korea. It's built and it was built by the south and they deny its existence it's built in a way so if you look at it from the south you can't see it but it's it's really obvious from the north right okay mm. that i've never i've never i've never heard of that that's that's i'm gonna have to look for pictures of that so sorry donald trump um they beat you to it so look you can see here on the diagram in the top corner how the how south have hidden it by making it a hill with grass on it on the other side they just literally like raised the south up 10 foot yep. 8 meters or something. They're dirty bastards, aren't they? Yeah. Fuck so you, you can see it there, look. You can see it in the picture there, look. Running running right through the middle. I have footage looking through like a telescope, but I don't think I included it in here. But the, wow. the wall is definitely there. I saw it through a telescope. And I actually saw... There's a little town like on the other side. You could actually see like people just chilling there. 
Wow, well, you can see it there in the picture. Yeah, it's it's definitely there. That's the um tomb. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Actually, this is a um the tomb of um King um, Kongmin. Wow, that's cool. So um, <clears throat> it's a story that they like to tell. So before the king um was picking a place for um to rest, he told he found these um people who do like you know feng shui and stuff to like. You know, find a good area, and then he would walk up a mountain, and he would be like, "Okay, if I like if I like what I see, I'll come down, and everything's good. But if I don't like what I see, I'm gonna raise raise a raise a cloth, and if you guys see me raise a cloth, kill the feng shui master." So he climbs up the mountain and he sees it, and he's like, "Oh, I'm really satisfied." But then he's like, "Oh, it's such a it's such a hot day. I'm tired." So he takes out his cloth, wipes his head. Dude gets off. <laughs> I don't know if this is a true story, but this is a story they like to tell when we visit. Wow. Mm. That's hilarious. Well, not for the feng shui master, obviously. It wasn't a hilarious day for him. <laughs> yeah, this is the um the Pyongyang cold noodles. But the thing about Pyongyang cold noodles is if you don't go to a restaurant that specializes in cold noodles, it'll be very mediocre. But if you go to a restaurant that specializes in cold noodles and it's fucking amazing, this is not a restaurant that specializes in it. So it was just mediocre, but it's still better than the stuff you get in South Korea. So the way I rank um, Pyongyang, like Pyongyang cold noodles, because these cold noodles came from the north to begin with, like even in the south. So um, I would rate um, like the cold noodles in North Korea, number one, then the North Korea, Northeastern China, where like, you know, ethnic Koreans live, number two, then South Korea, number three. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Big ratings. So visiting a bar. On the beers again, the same beer as we saw earlier, right? Yep. Terongang. Nice. Kim Il-sung Square. Is that like a, is that, wow. ro that road looks like a mat laid over the top. Is that right? No, but you, you do see all those little dots, right? Yeah. Are these markings you know for? for the for the military show? Yes, that that's that's how like they can do like all these perfect formations and yeah. like do little like yeah, yeah, yeah. draw patterns with like colored cards that and makes stuff. Sense. That makes sense. You can sort of see the back of some artwork as well on the top look. Uh, yeah. I recognize those. Artworks. You know the building that, uh, in the back. What yeah. do you think that building is? This the this with the portraits on, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, is that a, a museum? It's a library. It's called the Grand People Study Hall. Nice. Wow. And um, there's all these sorts of classrooms. So you can actually go there and take classes and random stuff that you just want to learn. A lot of old people, you know, they're bored. They just want to learn new things. They'll go there and just take classes. Nice. That is awesome. Right in the middle That's of incredible. like, you know, what would be a royal palace. Is that, thing, is that thing on top of the building to the left? Is that like a, a, a kind of... Uh, workers party flag is it like a huge yeah it is. It, they're both it's, it's the korea's flag isn't it you, you've seen these buildings from the other side you definitely uh -huh. have yeah i think so it's just the angle i think yeah it's cool that though it's flexing, huge and incredible flexing in the square there you go that's and this says um, well. it says um uh, which means um in chinese it will be um which is like the spirit of the the revolutionary spirit of Mount Pektu. Nice. <laughs> That's just me Mount outside. Mount Pektu is where uh, Kim Jong-il was supposedly born or something. But even in like just Korean folklore and stuff, Mount Pektu is just a very important mountain to them. It's kind of like um, Fuji Mountain to Japanese people. 
Right, right. Or Cholong Ma to the Tibetans. Yeah. This is a Chuche Tower. Mm. It's taller than the Washington Monument. Beautiful. Based. By the so way, uh, did they... Uh, um, like, I know that they used their own calendar, but did they also, like, use alongside it the uh, Gregorian calendar? No, no, their, their calendar is the Gregorian calendar. It's just the year is different. But they do use, the like, the Gregorian year as well. Ah, okay, right, right. So their, 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 their year is just, like, year one is 1912. Because, yeah, because that's when um, Kim Il-sung was bo born. So, like, this, the year 2020 would just be um, year 109. Like, Juche 109. Mm. Nice. <laughs> I like love a lot of... going by when, when our Lord and Savior was born. Because, like, a lot of uh, these West, uh, Western media say, oh, they, they use this... Uh, this uh different calendar you know they just turn japan does that with their emperors every time they get a new emperor they the year starts over with one again <laughs> i never actually knew that the thing the oh, thing of the, the thing standards. about um the juche year is um it's actually the same year that the um the republic of china was founded nice. so like my like the the id i have in taiwan it's the same like it, it's the same year that like would have been written if i had like a north korean id mm-hmm just because both Shang of the years start well. one. What's up? Uh, am I correct in thinking that like the the South Koreans, uh, it might be North Koreans as well, they, they they kind of they count their birth year as their first birthday or something? Yes. Like I had Korean roommates in in Shanghai, and they they, they were like twenty five, but they were actually twenty four or something. And that that's really you, that's the head. old way, old Chinese way of counting the age too. So um the the year you're the day you're born, you're one. And then the next new year, no matter no matter how old you are, even if you're just a day old, you add another year to it. That's the way they count it. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I don't know. Do you know like, what? So if I Hold born, on. Like, if I were born like one day before the new year, uh, like, like on day two, I would just be two years old. Do you know what the city skyline here reminds me of? It reminds me of like an old Pokemon Game Boy game. They kind of look like Pokemon cities, which is very wholesome like in my opinion. Yeah, like the old Game Boy City, you've got like a you got like an industrial zone up the back where you can catch a Pikachu. Look, I think the col the colors just like might make you <laughs> might remind you of like Goldenrod City from Pokemon Gold. Yeah, well, the, yes, yeah, yeah, the yeah, buildings look like sort of Pokemon. You've got the gym there. I'm quite a sec. Go on, Vito. And healthcare is free, just like in Pokemon. Nice. Go on, Vito. Um, sorry to talk about like the previous previous point that you just made it kind of makes sense because can you just uh, speak up a bit Vito? sorry uh yeah sorry the volume again um anyway uh to reiterate what saying you talked about like the year one and you uh year year two uh, year two year one year old or something like that um my dad is he he was born in taishan but the identification that kept with him is uh, he's twin 72, but in the ID he was shown that he was um, 61. 70 year, uh, 70, 70. So oh. it was so, so he was uh, given birth in 48, and um, but the document showed out he was born in 50. Uh, 1950 and and when you talked about that that kind of makes a whole lot of sense uh, no i think that's just the type that's just the administrative error then because yeah, your birth no. year doesn't change 
Yeah, no, no. But uh, when whenever people ask my dad about what, uh, what, uh, how, how old he is, old he, is he gives is, like he, the old he, Chinese. Yeah, he he's just gonna say he's seventy instead of like 70, 72. Well, you would, that, wouldn't yeah, you? Kind of like very. Yeah, that's fair. Exactly. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, this is a brilliant shot as well. I was just zooming in then because I've pretty much I've seen people like uh, take pictures of the the uh, poorer districts of Pyongyang before and like make out that the city's not doing anything. But if they're like houses for poorer people, they look like they've got awesome gardens. Those are they're just those are just typical old like more traditional styles of Korean housing. Yeah, like if you don't want to live in the apartment blocks, you can go and live in a house. I mean, most British estates have a mixture of housing and tower blocks as well. Uh, it doesn't look too much uh, dissimilar from London estates, especially sort of Victorian London estates. These sort of pictures. I mean, the thing is, at least the people have houses. Well, that's the main thing, you know. That's the the main thing, isn't it? You're supposed to build houses for people. Housing's a right, like, you know. I mean, look, look at look at fucking Detroit. Go on, Tom. <laughs> it's almost a bit like the uh, Suho UN systems in Beijing, though, isn't it? Where you've got kind of like the old four-walled courtyard houses from like kind of Similar. old Qing dynasty and, and and prior to that, and then obviously round the corner you've got a fucking. 70 story fucking skyscraper or whatever like within spitting distance of of these old kind of traditional style buildings it's just similar kind of shit isn't it it's just socialist development yeah except um city planning in pyongyang is better because they because most of it got bombed during the war so they could it was like an empty slate Mm -hmm. yeah I love these pictures you've included of yourself just flexing at these monuments. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice, look at this one. So the hammer is the industrial worker, the sickle is the peasant, and the brush is the intellectual. Mm. At first I thought uh, that was like representing the artist something, but... The artist, that, that, that counts too, because they're also like, they're also like, in a sense, like intellectuals. Mm-hmm. Ah, nice. The, they do like the intellectual Marxian work. classes, isn't it? It's, it's the bourgeoisie, the proletariat, and the intelligentsia by the three definitions of class by by Marx's, you know, uh, not the not the not the bourgeoisie, the uh, the proletariat, the agrarian workers, and then the intelligentsia. Yeah, basically. Kind um, of thing, and then obviously they have they have kind of like. Um, Within their constitution, they protect the rights of the the petty bourgeoisie as well, like like China does, I believe, because um, they consider them to be, you know, uh, workers essentially now. Let's within, like uh, the, the, the well, mom like, shops. Let's cut to some of your videos because yeah, we've not got much left in the show. So let's just watch a couple of your videos that we've got queued up. Um, yeah, so these are just um, restaurant performers. Like they're they're servers, but they also perform. Yeah, this was on my last day. Wow. So we got a video of you on the docks. Is this is this earlier where you showed us the fishermen? Sorry. The video that's playing now. Oh, oh yeah yeah. There was a delay. Yeah. This is um the ones I'm here. Awesome. Yeah, I it was it's awesome looking back now, but it was I was miserable when I shot it because I was still, you know, suffering from the chicken. Yeah, exactly. 
But we don't know <laughs> that in the video, so all good. What else we got? So this this one here is super long, and at least the island that I was showing. Oh, so they're they're selling like freshly caught clams, and like they just like grill it over there. And then we the got little tents at the side. The next one is a video that we we talking about the modern this is the, like this episode was about kids doing this sort of going to this sort of like um Sporting event, but like his bot, like he got sick, so it's kind of like it shows the inside of the outside of his body. It's like an educational kids show, like telling kids like what different parts of the body do, I guess. Right. It also seems like his friends are very helpful and stuff. Like these friends. National National Day. Otherwise, like it would have been just all Chinese people. Yeah, this is shot from the Chuche Tower. Hang on, what? Where's that structure behind the tree? Like this dome-like structure. Can where was this time, Sammy? Like, oh, oh, hang on, I watched it. Before. <laughs> nah, never mind. It was... Oh, you're on the old video. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Excellent choreography. You should be able to see the live video, Sammy, on our Golden channel. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was on the YouTube stream. one earlier because I wanted to see like a higher resolution mm -hmm. thing, but then I forgot, so... But now I'm back on Discord. Where is it? Which channel is it? <laughs> On Discord, it's live streaming to Discord. Um, oh, there's a, a rainbow cruise. Pause it here. It's hard to pause on this streaming stuff. Anyways, you see that stadium in the background? Oh, it's the national stadium, right? Yeah. More than this. It's the May Day Stadium. It's the largest stadium in the world. Mm -hmm. That's where I saw Kim Jong Un. Nice. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that's like uh, the on largest capacity stadium, isn't it? Pyongyang is is very colorful, isn't it? Yeah, Extremely I was about to say colorful. The, co the colors are beautiful. I think those buildings used to be grey, but then they coloured them in the like 
a little bit more recently because I've seen older pictures and they weren't colored like that. And not a single billboard advertisement in sight. Yeah, it's my bus driver. Uh, this is one song. Annyeong! Yeah. This is how it feels. over the, I've just the audio from the video playing. I've just turned it down there. Just turned right down now. Let's finish that one. Let's go on to the next All one. Right. So is this where you were staying, right? 
Chinese. Yes, that's that, yes, that's where I stayed. Mm. So that's the Cytec wow. complex. It's shaped like an atom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, the that's whole awesome. building is powered by green energy, so it's geothermal and solar. Wow. Nice. That, we we in the, the documentary we watched, they were saying that like a ninety percent of. Or not ninety percent, but uh, like a good deal of uh, the energy in the DPRK domestic energy production comes from like geothermal and other renewable sources. Because like obviously the blockade prevents oil imports, so they've had to kind of diversify. And yeah, it's, it's solar panels kind of are easy to in make. the face of all the liberals, doesn't it? Like the liberals and all that. Oh, we need a green new revolution, and that will. But the, the DPRK has been doing that under sanction for years. <laughs> This building. If you beautiful. go to like residential, if you look at residential buildings from the outside, you'll see that almost all balconies and windows have a bunch of solar panels. Yeah. Mm. Wow. The inside of that are, place are is. Solar panels kind of provided by China because like. They like, used to. Now they're domestically produced. Nice. Okay. Right. So this so, is from my second trip to Rasun. So yeah, well, this is a lot. We don't have as many in this one, do we? So we'll just. No, we through. we don't have much at all. We'll get through these ones faster. I like that. Um, I like the hat that the policeman or security guard is wearing next to you. Yeah, so this is still in China. So this is we're about to cross into Korea. All right, yeah, yeah. So this is um in Jilin province and it's specifically in Yanbian, the um, autonomous Korean prefecture. So there's like a lot of ethnic Koreans in China and this is your autonomous prefecture. So Korean is actually an official language alongside standard Mandarin. So wow. this time you drove into Korea, right? You didn't get the train, you just drove there. No, I still took a train from Beijing to um, Yanji, but we drove from Yanji to the Sino-Korean border. Nice. I like how. And then there's... we drove. Yeah, and then like we drove from the border to um, Nasun. I like how there's like... A, a digger in the background of this picture moving a basketball net. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. So the, the guys can have like a cross-country China versus Korea game of basketball right on the border. Exactly. <laughs> you can just go on. That's mm. just the border. Okay, so this is still in China. Okay, now that's now cool. you cross that bridge in the distance, and then you're in Korea. Right. Okay. Wow, that's cool. So that's that's the customs building. Yeah. So this is it was a small tour group of only five people. Nice. So it was based. It was essentially having a private tour. Like the the tour guides are just like, hey, where do you guys want to go? So this, I guess, this is like yeah. a village. This is brand new housing for village in the background, right? Okay, so that's brand new housing because there was a flood and a bunch of houses got destroyed. So, um, Kim Jong-un ordered the military to build new housing for the people. Nice. Well, there you go. Wow, there's so many as well. Look, look how many there yeah. are. So this is um, Rasun, and Rasun is a combination of um, Rajin and Songbon, and it's um, a special economic zone. Right. So when people, there's like an internal border between Rasun and the rest of the DPRK. So, um, yeah, but perhaps because of sanctions, it just hasn't really taken off too much. Like Pyongyang is much better developed, even though like Rasun is the special economic zone. Mm -hmm. Is not this following the same kind of like Shenzhen model, is it? Like it's built on the kind of Deng Xiaoping, like Shenzhen. Economic I don't know. I feel like I feel like they have Rasun and they just want to make it a special economic zone and then show people, okay, yeah, Pyongyang is better, so we should stick to that route. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what, uh, what a double fair buff. Enough. I mean, that's a good double buff, isn't it? I like the word art effect on that Korean text, the one on the left at the bottom. That's some word art. I've not seen word art that good for years. 
yeah so this is just we visited a school and then we talked to these students because they were um they were it was an english class so they brought us in to like just kind of provide conversational like conversational practice and they were asking us like oh where we're from and talk about home like what's the population of your city and stuff and i also talked about kind of like like homelessness in the u.s and stuff the stuff you talk about to kids wow yeah we went to watch a um, a taekwondo performance nice. yeah they don't use mats it's just a fucking marble floor wow i think you do post a video of this on on your i did yeah so that's you, are for southerners if you want <laughs> if you want to <laughs> if you want to check out the video it's on uh Shang-Yu's twitter i also posted a video of this it's just a bunch of um we went to a kindergarten and they performed for us nice went to a shoe factory now this shoe factory is actually um i believe it's a joint venture between the dprk and a um korean american right yeah so what is this some um, to beat sanctions kind of factory or just a regular factory? I mean it's in the it's in this it's in the special economic zone so right, okay. I, I don't I don't know I don't know the like the particularities of okay. how it worked but yeah it's me I, fe I felt like um Kim Jong Un doing a like a like a <laughs> full guidance tour yeah <laughs> nice in the um in the videos we've watched of the DPRK like in these factories and stuff, they, the workers say that the they kind of shift the clothing over to China without a label, and then China sticks a label on oh, the. No, they, they have labels. The labels are the, the labels say "Made in China." Oh right, okay. Well, <laughs> our, our video was a bit out of date. They were still like shipping them labelless at that point, but now that they've well, got some of them might be shipped without labels. But I've seen like I've seen like things made there straight up like labeled "Made in China." That's hilarious. And then, my jacket I have, it says made in China, but it's domestically produced. I'm just enjoying those the, um, like the, the, the soft border with, with Raosan, do you think like that is kind of like just a conduit to kind of get all of the, the stuff out of out of the DPRK and into China so that it can You don't be, need that soft you know, border because there's also Shiniju. Mm, right. Got you. I mean... Yes? Yeah, I was just gonna ask, are there, like, do they sell, uh, like, English versions of the collect the collected works of Kim Il-sung or something? Yes, uh, they have foreign language bookstores. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, this is a video of the cold noodles. If you play it, it's, um... Hold yeah. on, I think we've got the video queued. I mean, it's just like, white yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So it's a cold broth. The broth is made from, um, you have to boil, um, like, beef um pheasant and um pork for like three four hours wow wait you it's have to very, like, you sit there for could just talk up Peter. i've seen like i've had some of the broth noodles uh that was made uh that is uh, that was in uh korean restaurants in uh, australia and I, but the thing is, it's a lot different than what uh, what the picture in front of me was shown. It originated in the north, but um, the noodles have evolved since, like in the north. Whereas, like in the south, it's been stuck in a time capsule since like the 1950s. Okay. Tim Tim asks how many radio stations are, are in the DPRK. I did not listen to the radio, but so I cannot answer that. 
I'm guessing the information. Does anyone listen to the radio anymore? Well, Tim might. I I would listen to the radio there. I just <laughs> didn't have a radio. Well, I did have my phone and I had like headphones that that could double as an antenna, but I, it didn't cross my mind to listen to the radio yeah. when I was there. You're too busy having fun. Look at this paper. This is brilliant. Yeah, I went to Rasan like shortly after um uh the second summit and the news there like is delayed by a few days. So like when I went there I already knew I already knew that there weren't like positive results from the summit, but the case KCNA hadn't reported it yet. So like the tour guides were asking us like if there was good news and we were like uh sorry no. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Sorry, not didn't mean to laugh. Just like quite funny. <laughs> That's China, Korea. No, it's Vietnam. Oh, Vietnam, sorry, yeah. Because it's the Hanoi summit, yeah. yeah. That's true. The star. And that's my um, tour guide, Pak Sang-gi. So because three of the people in my tour group were Chinese out of five, they decided to just have like one Chinese-speaking tour guide and one English-speaking tour guide, just in case. Mm -hmm. Just in case some of us didn't speak English. So Pak Sang-gi speaks both English and Chinese, but his Chinese is better than his English. Whereas the other tour guide speaks English much better than he speaks his Chinese. Right, okay. I like that little island off in the background. That's Pipa Island. Another album that's, cover. That's another album cover there. Mm. Yeah. You should do a Korean rap album and you've got all these pictures to go in the booklet. This is more like gospel music album cover that is true you could do it like a like a, a christian rap album or rap album about kimmel's song yeah nice christian kimmel's song rap like it this is just some random pictures from the island is this a video oh this is um this is a video so this was the actual news report of the um of kim jong-un's visit to vietnam and people just wanted to watch it on the big screen so do they it's been like watching a football match on the big screen <laughs> yeah it's kind of kind of like that i'm sure they do like if, if um there's some sort of sporting event they do the same thing because it's just it's different to like watch it like with a bunch of like you know people from the city than to just sit at home and watch it yeah i guess we can go on this isn't too interesting without the audio. The audio is playing for our viewers. Oh. It's just, I've just turned it down a little bit because we you can know, just talking over it. They'll be able to hear mm -hmm. the audio. It's just, it's just we can't. Um, the same happens in London when like events happen. You'll see people crowd around a TV outside. I mean, I now feel bad because I didn't know the audio was playing. So it seemed like I was talking over the tour guides in the other video when we like in the scientist street <laughs> video or well, whatever um yeah i didn't realize the audio came through this is the first time we've streamed like live live video. Uh, you know it's, you always get these like you know we've got problems to iron out uh when going through these slides so next we're back to the pictures what we got now left oh more more food that's just the cold noodles before the noodles are added in awesome you seem to love cold noodles. Yeah, that one's like it's from the same day, but, but the cold noodles are very good. I learned how to make them. Awesome too. So yeah, it's um just a factory, and they're making 
This yeah. the specific alcohol he's making is called um komju. What what's that similar to? It's a little bit like makori, but it's also a little bit different. Makori is like fermented rice wine. All right. Okay. It's just funny because this alcohol is called komju and um ju is booze like or wine, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of milky in color and it's called kum so. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was. I thought it was funny. I mean, come on, you're gonna get. It's the cheapest of cheap laughs, but it is funny. No, right? when I was in the factory, I was like, oh, so this is where it comes made. <laughs> You've got one, yeah. And he's like, the guy's looking at you like, what? <laughs> and he's wearing pink Crocs. They, um, Styling. They drink the yeah. soju in the north as well. Of course, no. The northern soju is much better than southern soju. Oh really? The um, you know how like if you drink South Korean soju, it has that chemical flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't. It's it, there's no chemical flavor in the north, and the um the alcohol concentration is higher. It's like twenty five percent usually. Whoa, okay, I'm definitely gonna. Okay, North Korea has way. better booze than South Korea. South Korea has better junk food. And and North Korea that, that's has not better. a flex for the that's not a flex for South Korea though, is it? Yeah, no, I, I still think North Korea wins that one. They do, but the, the South Korean junk food is admittedly pretty good. I mean, junk food is pretty good by design, right? In it's general, just, but it's bad. Oh, so I mean, is alcohol, as but alcohol is good for socializing. I don't, I don't know. It's it's a double-edged sword, but mm -hmm. for the sake of argument, yes, the North wins. The North wins for uh, <laughs> billboards as well, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Awesome proletarian art right there. Yep. Is this swimming baths, I guess? No, it's just a restaurant we went to. Oh, what's the swimming logo for at the top? Wait, let me see. I can't see it from here. I don't know. There might be a pool in there or something. Wow. I don't know. Swim and eat. That's um, our tour guide. Um, That's Tommy Winker in the background, by the way. This pro, this liberal, pro Hong Kong, like, British travel blogger yeah, who lives in Hong Kong. All right. Okay. Anyways, um, yeah, he, he writes... He's written some articles about his trip, but he doesn't really fact check, so whatever. He's not gonna listen to this, so I don't care. I can talk shit all I want. <laughs> um, yeah, that's um our tour guide comrade um Moon Ho Young teaching us how to roll a joint, um Korean style. A weed joint. It was um it was hemp that we found at the market that that I bought. It wasn't weed right, per okay. se. It was hemp. But, okay. What yeah. what's Korean style? It it's like a little L shape at the end, so it looks kind of like a it looks kind of like a pipe almost. Wow, have you got a picture <laughs> of the like finished? No, you didn't. You didn't take a picture I, of the finished joint. I did, but it's not in here for some reason. All right, okay. Um, and you just so smoked showed... this joint in this restaurant as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. What's this so, album um, you've got next to you? That's my that's my the album. Oh yeah, it's your album. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, I see the cover now. I was just. I gave them to my tour guide, but um, he saw the music video I shot it from my first trip to the DPRK, and he liked it, so he took out a USB cord and asked me to put it on his phone. Wow, nice. So my music video is on at least one person's phone in the DPRK. Let's hope. And maybe he shared it. it with his friends. <laughs> exactly. Let's hope he has. You know, you never know. You might go back, and you're some mega star. I might go back and like Kim Jong Un be like, "Hey, I want to, um, I want to talk to you." Yeah, exactly. You could be like the next Dennis Rodman kind of guy. <laughs> you know, actually, um, so my, um, you know, Marcel Car Marcel Cartier. Who's this? I'm not familiar with like American sort of celebrities. He's he's um he's a communist rapper. 
Oh, right. No, I didn't, I didn't yeah, know Yeah, and you, you know him, Carlos, Carlos Martinez? I, I don't, but come on. He's a British, he's a British um, producer who's also, who also writes books and he's like, he's also a communist. Oh, right. Yeah. So they were actually in talks with the embassy in London, the DPRK embassy in London about like doing some hip hop diplomacy because, you know, there's potential for hip hop to, you know, be like, yeah, you know, internationalist you, and like anti-imperialist and stuff. Of course, right? uh, similar to how it is in China, sort of. Anyways, um, they were in talks, but guess who the guy, their guy was in the um at the embassy? Go on. It's the guy who defected to South Korea and is in um the parliament now. Oh, what? Well, <laughs> and that you. guy just kind of like he was friendly to them, but he was just always like, oh well, it's not really appropriate. So that that, that, that fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> just didn't house he, that, that didn't he get to. like shot like 16 times or something as well no he didn't he that was some it. other defector i think look at all those oh, potatoes down on the floor well. <laughs> all those potatoes yeah, this is a, um, that's just the, the news coverage of um kim jong-un's trip to vietnam I was just looking at the pictures of these i guess pictures of the house owner at school or in the military or I think military. Wow, look at the size of that class. Oh, we th this sort of electric, uh, what's this thing? I saw this in the documentary. I think it's an inverter. Yeah, everybody has one of these, don't they, to get the TV to not, like, blow your power up because the electricity sockets are not um, powerful enough yet, are they? And look at this uh, sewing desk next to the potatoes. My grandma had one of those. Exactly yeah. the same as that with that foot pedal. Yeah, so this is in Rasan in the more rural area. Oh, this is a traditional Korean kitchen. Yeah, this is also in the documentary as well. The, there's like a fire pit under there, isn't there? Um, yeah, and it also heats the house. Yeah, the guys in the documentary say they slept on there in the winter because it obviously is warm. No, so the um, the exhaust goes through the floors in the house. So that's why when you sleep, that's why the floors are warm. Mm-hmm. Now, in modern day housing, what they do is they have water pipes that are inside of the floor. So when you turn on the heat, what it does is it heats the water in the pipes and then heat comes through the floor and it warms up the room, but it makes the floor really warm. So when you sleep on it at night, it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the same case in like South Korea. Yeah, yeah. So basically you just lift those yellow floorboards up, don't you? Stuff it with straw and you can then cook on these ovens. Yeah. That's we were at a community center because it was on um, March March eighth. It was um, International Women's Day, so it was a day off from work for everyone. So everyone was just chilling at the community center. Nice. And these people are just playing. Um, yeah. Why are they playing? Shang Chi, or I don't know what it's called in Korean, but it's like it's like this. It's the same game. It's like the, you know, it's the it's the game with the with the um. The only the two Chinese sides. game. It's like I a Han and the Chu. Oh, so it's like chess, I guess. Basically, yeah. That's the um, Korean, Sino, and Russo border. So it's in the back. You can see China and Russia. Nice. So which side's Russia? The left and China's right. The right? Oh, so the right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. China's I think, on oh, the left. Is there a river? Yeah, there's a river there. You can kind of get to that road on Google Earth. I yeah, believe. yeah. On the Russian side, you can kind of plonk yourself down right on that other, other side. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's this is like the most north of north. Uh, yeah, at, basically. I think we're we're at the end of the the set then. Yep. Essentially. Want to do a like quick Q and A? Sure. Um, 
I mean, sure, let's look at the chat. Let's have a look at what we've got. Boys, you've got any questions while I pick some out of the chat? I'm sure you Well, have... I, I had a couple of political questions or historical questions, if that's okay. I'll do my best to answer them. Well, uh, well, before that, like, say uh, to normal working class people in the West, uh, what would you, if there was, if you could tell them one or two things in a nutshell, like, you feel like they should know about North Korea or, or the DPRK, DPRK, what would it be? They're not your enemies. The DPRK is not your enemy, and um, you have more in common with the people of Korea than you do with your own government. That is a brilliant yeah. one. Brilliant, yeah. I mean, that, and, one's, uh, the, like, that one applies for all working class people the world over as well, not just Americans and Koreans. Just the West, but if, especially the West, because, um, I, I, I mean, you have people just thinking, oh, they're they're going to nuke us, they're crazy, and uh, we, we're scared, we're like, we need to be vigilant. And no, it's like the Korean people aren't interested in attacking, like, American people as long as, you know, the U.S. stays the fuck out. Uh, that, and then again, that applies for most countries bullied by the U.S., Syria, Iran, yes. you know, all these countries, yes. Venezuela, Cuba. Hey, find me any country in the world that would not defend itself, though, in, in the face of invasion or attack. Right. Every country will defend itself, won't they? And like the, the DPRK has never been an, an offensive country. It's, it's never started a war. It's never been involved in a war. And since, since the U.K., the U.S.A. has been... Uh, since since the armistice with Korea, the USA has been in an almost perpetual state of war with whichever enemy it you know it, it deems as the enemy at that point in time. The U.S. So, like, also violated the armistice by moving nukes into Korea in 1958. I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised in the slightest. <laughs> and people like to knock on the DPRK for leaving the non-proliferation treaty, right? Right. Yeah. But um, part of the non-proliferation treaties stipulates that if you have nukes, you're not supposed to make threat nuclear threats against countries that don't have nukes. Right. But um, George Bush did make threats against the DPRK, and by but by that point, like at that time, they didn't really have nukes. That they had like they were like you know they had like nuclear power and that sort of stuff. But I mean, remember in the 90s, they worked out a deal with Bill, Bill Clinton's government. So like they would stop developing those things in exchange for food aid because they wanted to use um, nuclear power to um, solve their their energy crisis. Mm -hmm. like, Anyways, you know, um, well, I mean, that, that's what's happening uh, right now with nuclear fusion and stuff, isn't it? Right. So somebody in the chat, Mealing Wee, asks, I wonder what... Can I finish my thought first? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought you'd finish. Go on. No, no, no. Um, so they say that the DPRK like is unreasonable for leaving the NPT, but what they don't, what people don't seem to remember is just one month before the DPRK left the NPT, the U.S. invaded Iraq. Yeah. And the U.S. was running simulations, running simulations of like nuking Korea and like what would happen. So I think it's perfectly justified. If they stayed in the NPT and didn't develop nukes, they would have been dumb. Yeah, well, it's like in... Um... My people, my country, isn't it? The same with China and Russia, both developing nukes. To you've got to because that's how uh, America deal with countries uh, when they're desperate. Because we've seen them drop bombs on Japan already, haven't we? So 
you know we know they're capable of it so you've got to get them almost right definitely and the u.s didn't have to drop bombs on japan japan there's that article like on why japan surrendered and it wasn't because of the nukes yeah well stalin was yeah. invading yes. did he already have soviet troops stalin. on the north of japan yeah. i believe so no he was starting sure, to yeah, he was already in he was in manchuria well whichever it is he was dead cert to 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 be he was to a deciding factor at at the at that point of at that point of the war um so anyway mealing we asks i wonder what countries dprk considers as allies or not adversaries uh i think i mean you can take an educated guess at this the dprk consider any country that one acknowledges it exists and two isn't hostile to it as an ally or a non-adversary i guess um which is probably a very similar looking map to the one that gets used about the uh, camps in Xinjiang, about the countries that are back in China. So it's probably most of the world are, are probably allies to the DPRK, really, you know? Or not necessarily allies, but just... Non-adversaries. Yeah, not adversaries, and they have decent working relations. The thing about the thing is these countries are reluctant to be too close because of sanctions. The way sanctions work is, let's say you're a company from, like, Vietnam, for example... And you want to do business with the West. Well, if you do business with the DPRK, then you're going to have some trouble doing business with America. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because now you're you're doing business with a sanctioned terrorist. Or the rest of the world, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's how that that's how the sanctions really hurt Korea. Mm-hmm. Unless you've got some sort of power like China. As for allies, um, what ally... As in, like, what would step into war for him? Um, well, China's done, China. China have done that before, haven't they? They've uh, yes, obviously. China did say that if the U.S. provokes war with Korea, then it'll intervene on like on the side of Korea. Now, if if Korea provokes war with the U.S., which it wouldn't, but let's say it did, China would stay out of it. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'd say well, I think I, one needs to remember. Go on, Tom. One one needs to remember as well, like the. The thing with the with China and, and uh, Korea isn't purely an ideological friendship, but China benefits from having a strong North, uh, having a strong uh, Democratic People's Republic of Korea state um, bordering them, a friendly state, uh, a state that is hostile to U.S. imperialism, um, and also a bulwark from all all of the the land borders. Kind of, there's no other kind of land um, entry into mainland China, so it's it's an incredibly strategically important place as well, as well as, well as it being, you know, the, the historic friendship between between China and Korea. You've got the you've got the added issue of geopolitics, which always interferes with everything kind of mixed in with this as well. well yeah, important. definitely. Well, I mean, the good point of that is to flip that on its head is, is that it's good that it is such a strategic um, point because that means even if sort of relations did break down for a little bit, they're not going to break down to the point where, like, they're being sold out. You know what I mean? Yeah. China always benefits from the, the, DPR, the DPRK or Korea being a friendly nation to them. And should South Korea be, become the victorious reactionary faction, then... The U.S. troops will be on the Yalu River. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that's the biggest threat. China will not have that happen. They didn't let it happen um, in 1951, was it? Or 52 when they... 50. When they um, 50 at yeah, 1950 when they uh, marched over the border and like they will do it again um but they have a much more powerful army this time and they defeated america once they will do it again 
Would you call Cuba an ally? Yes, Cuba is definitely an ally. Cuba is an ally. So how, how about, about Syria? They had decent relations. Yeah. Because I know that even like in the early 2000s, uh, while when Syria was developing its first ever nuclear power plant, they even had North Korean specialists uh, help them build it. Uh, and that's on top of like uh, North Korean military equipment and military advisors that they've sent as well, assistance. That's pretty cool. Based. What, what about Russia? Yeah. <laughs> Russia, not not really ideological, but Russia does have con like conflicts of interest with the United States. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Russia had a pure, had, pure I mean, mean, Russia had a hand in the creation of Korea, didn't it? So, uh, well, that's the Soviet Union. I, I think that's not you can't compare that completely with the Russian true. Federation. It's, it's probably like they're allies in the sense that it's a. Mutual geopolitical interest. Yes, that's that's exactly what it is. Okay, well that makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. Um, I think as well, like if, if you had a Korean War, um, kind of this kind of situation we have right now, where the, the world is at such a critical juncture, it would probably become something of a, a world war because everybody's interest would be challenged in the in the area, and you wouldn't have a situation nowadays where America would be allowed to carpet bomb the DPRK back to the Stone Age and destroy 80% of their infrastructure. That simply Here's would not happen. the thing about Korea, yes. That, that was it. <laughs> Here's the thing about Korea. It's the peninsula itself is not like, okay, so it's, it's not that populous. It's not a big country, but it's of such great geopolitical inf like importance. That's why like it's been like caught up in all these different conflicts. I mean, that's why it got colonized by Japan. Japan didn't want Korea for the sake of Korea. They wanted it wanted to like get into China. It's always been a land bridge for imperialists mm -hmm. to get into China. Mm -hmm. And Russia and, as, I think well. as well. The, the, um, right before the Meiji Restoration in Japan, um, they referred to Korea as the dagger pointed at the heart of Japan, and that that's that kind of how important that the Japanese saw it geopolitically, kind of in like the 1600s. When even yes. they acknowledged that the only threat to the Japanese archipelago was via the Korean Peninsula, it's the only way in essentially. What about exactly. uh, what about Vietnam? Are they allies with DPRK? You'd think no, so. No, I think so. Well, surely, right? Not the, the... they have okay relations. I wouldn't call them like super, like super best friends. Yeah. What about Laos? I mean, like they go back. I mean, like Ho Chi Minh and Camille Sung were friends. Yeah, exactly. What about Laos? I mean, they're just like these are these are just countries that are just willing to have diplomatic ties with yeah. the DPRK, but I wouldn't call them like extremely buddy buddy. And the other thing is, they're small countries. Yeah. That yeah, it's good. It's good to be. It's good to have good relations, but it's not as consequent like consequential as like relations with the U.S. Exactly. For example. Like, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. These, these relationships can be good or bad. It's not going to make too much of a difference. And I guess it's got to be like a one, one final like. Hold on, it's got to be like a secret handshake between comrades, hasn't it? Rather than like official ally sort of thing as well. So yeah, I mean, you know that the the. The Workers' Party of Korea and the Communist Party of Vietnam probably have good relations, but as a countrywide thing, they, they probably can't because, like he's talking about, if they do, they get harassed from the USA extra hard. You know, and also among the people, because of like South Korean um, soft power, most of the young people in Vietnam probably don't, you know, see North Korea as an ally. They they, they yeah, would much sure. rather like follow like follow the um 
like the the K-pop stars and stuff of South Korea yeah, sure. are more interested in that they, sort of stuff. Well, they weren't, but they didn't live through it, did they? So you know, you, yeah, you don't yeah. know what you don't know. Go on, Tom. What were you going to say? I think I was going to say as well. Like I think sometimes people place too much um, emphasis on the ideologies of countries. The, mm-hmm. the biggest and most important thing when it comes to any country's relations is always geopolitics. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at Russia and China, the Sino-Soviet split should never have happened. Um, the Russia and China should have kind of united into one massive red Soviet block. Of, of but, but obviously there was too many ideological differences. But it wasn't just the ideological differences. There was so many geopolitical concerns between kind of the occupation of Mongolia, whether it be a Soviet republic or part of Greater China, kind of things like this. There was so many kind of issues that, that, that there was almost war with Russia and China. Like they should have been the strongest allies. And now, arguably. Russia now, not the USSR, but Russia and China now have arguably the closest relations in decades because, like, even way warmer relations than kind of like the Gorbachev era of, of the USSR. Well, they ain't got to look and over they, their shoulder as much, have they? Because they, exactly. you know, they're, now, they're united by anti-imperialism and not just Marxist-Leninist red flags sort of thing. And also, like, back then you had the kind of who, who leads the communist world. Is it going to be Mao's China or is it going to be Stalin's Russia? You know, is, mm-hmm. is this kind of divide of who's there was going also to be the, the issue ideological back then, leader? China was a much weaker and poorer country than the Soviet Union. And um, especially mm-hmm. during the Khrushchev era, China felt that um, there was a lot of chauvinism going on with Khrushchev mm-hmm. and the Soviets mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how they felt that their sovereignty was being infringed. Yeah, especially Bio. in places Shang-Yu, like Xinjiang. Shang Yu, have you ever heard of the story of uh, Mao making Khrushchev um, wear armbands in his swimming pool? Yeah, yeah, because Khrushchev couldn't swim. <laughs> yeah, 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 I love that story. Go on, tell yeah. the story. Quickly. Have you never heard that one? Just tell it quickly, because people might not have heard Quick, it. Yeah. Right, so, so I mean, just to... Sh- go on, Oh, so basically Khrushchev couldn't swim and Mao was kind of like fuck you to Khrushchev because he they, they kind of butted heads. So like to show how like to just kind of disrespect him, he would have um just meetings at his swimming pool and he would just be doing tricks and stuff in the swimming pool and just kind of casually talking while Khrushchev was just like, kind of you know sitting there like <laughs> not But I remember just... like reading one specific part of it where like Khrushchev like couldn't leave the um the children's end of the swimming pool. And Mao would just like swim around him in circles, saying like, "Come on, come to the deep end, and we can discuss politics like men in the deep end." And Khrushchev would have to stand in the child's end. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like sixty chess, isn't it? It's like ultimate Duncan from like the nineteen sixties. It's hilarious. Mad it is. Yeah. Mad there was, there, there was also this. Um, I think it was uh, like a conversation between Joe and Lai and Khrushchev, where Joe. Like it was mentioned that I, th- I think. Go uh, on the story. Um, Khrushchev said, "I come from a family of peasants, and you come from a family of rich mandarins. We have nothing in common." And Joe and I was like, "Well, we do have something in common. We're both traitors to our classes." Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's awesome. Brutal takedown. I mean, wh- I mean, that's the chauvinism chauvinism that you're talking about. Like, it's not just a myth. It w- it was actually there between the two of them. But like you were saying, Tom. The relationship now between Russia and China, although uh, not ideologically the same, is probably at the strongest it will be. And maybe because of that, the fact that they're not 
competing to be the number one communist uh, nation that's made that possible and just geopolitically uh, realise that they have a common enemy and common goal and have been bullied by the same people since uh, their people's revolution. And the fact that Russia's not in a position to really bully China anymore. Well, there's that as well. That too, yeah. Exactly, you know. Uh, neither can really bully well, either, though, like, either, can they? I think as well, like, the, the fact that China has been really gracious and and kind to Russia and not, not kind of chosen to punish Russia for the Sino-Soviet split and all the kind of mistakes that it made and all these kind of things. China's kind of gone forwards and said, right, fuck this, become part of the Belt and Road Initiative, assist us, part, become part of the anti-imperialist alliance, help us evade US sanctions, and Russia's gotten right on board with this, and this is the true era of kind of cooperation and the, the Xi Jinping's kind of idea of a, a multipolar world that he always stresses, and this is what's going to defeat America. It's not going to be kind of, you know, um, any kind of great battle or nuclear war. It'll just be the cooperation of every other country on the world, and then eventually America's useless because what does it have when it doesn't have mass control over everyone else? I mean, it must have been music to Putin's ears to hear that coming from Chinese uh, government officials. Uh, join us, and we'll we'll both destroy the USA. <laughs> you know, go on, Vito. Did yeah, you have probably to probably not in so many words? Well, I. I guess it would be probably like I didn't know there was like a lot of common because since I'm I'm in Hong Kong you you get like a lot of uh noises that talked about the nuclear pl- uh the nuclear uh weaponry that um the western media likes to uh toy around with uh the with a lot of talks about how how the DPRK are threatening the West, and the, the, and it, it's cool that we get another side to this, and not not just the usual, uh, you know, scaremongering, I guess. Well, it's I mean, the we've opposite. All seen the videos, Hold on, we? this is I mean, the we... opposite of scaremongering that we've just yeah. gone through, hasn't it? The complete yeah. opposite. Now, go on, Tom. I was going to say, like, I think, like, to an extent, the, you've got those videos, haven't you, of, like, North Korean state media, I say in inverted commas, um, like, you know, with the angry shouting Korean lady saying, we will rain nuclear death down on your cities and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, to an extent, I completely understand that because not only did North, North Korea be completely destroyed by America and have, like, a, a genocidal, like, amount of its population destroyed by aerial bombardment, chemical warfare, and almost nuclear warfare, it was planned. Um, but regardless of all this, the DPRK has never attacked anyone. The, the, only, the only attacking that they're doing is verbally and with threats. And this is more of an actual concern to liberals than you know, the actual genocide of a million people and the destruction of 80% of a country's infrastructure. Like, this is what sickens me. You've got this, this, this virtue signaling of, oh, well, the DPRK can't threaten us. Why? Our whole existence threatens the DPRK. I think it's I think it's fair enough for them to have a little bit back. Well, sure. Uh, we've got a really, um, I guess it's off topic, but still on topic in a way. Question in the chat. It says uh, this will go to you, um, Chang Yu and Vito. Um, from a Chinese perspective, how does she compare to past PRC leaders? I give a Chinese answer to that. 
make Definitely. these judgments uh, after uh, after their leadership. Wow. Well, there you go. You're like an old, wise uh, Confucius-style answer. Saying <laughs> 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 Shang Yu. Go on, Vito. You have a crack at it. See if you can beat that. <laughs> I, I, uh, I've uh, had a little of um, information of past presidents, like Hu Jintao, but Hu Jintao was just an extension of Jiang Zemin, let's face it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's more of a... It, it's, uh, it's not what we would have wanted at that time, but right now, I think that Xi Jinping uh, is on the cor uh, course of... Uh, is correcting the course that Hu Jintao and uh, Jiang Zemin has been setting. Uh, I think that's a good thing. With, uh, I agree with that. We've seen like a lot of uh, state-owned enterprises uh, doing what they're supposed to do and not getting uh, on rosy with uh, the, the the capitalist. Yeah, exactly. The, the, and the corruption drive is proof of that, right? All, yeah. All those... and, and, and the fact if... that there is an anti-corruption campaign is um, just basically the party admitting that there was a lot of corruption going on. And yeah. it was literally and the now... first thing he did as well. Yeah, and now the Western, uh, the Western media and the Western uh, business uh, businessmen uh, ministry are, are getting spooked. They're getting spooked that they're not going to have as much benefits as they used to have uh, yeah. in the last course of about twenty years. Mm -hmm. And I think that right now with um, China, uh, with the situation. Let's let's face it. In globally, the uh, the world needs China, and China needs yeah uh, every bit of um uh, uh, support that they have from <clears throat> the countries that you know that that the West have toiled. I agree. I agree. I think one yeah. one kind of like one kind of point I always think about is like I've been learning Chinese since uh, 2011, and. From 2011 to 2015 kind of thing, no one even knew who the president of China was. If you ask yeah. a normal person on the street who leads China, in the West I mean, sorry, um, you you would get the answer of, I don't know, like the vast majority of people would not even know. Mao <laughs> Zedong yeah. would be a vehicle, Mao Zedong, sorry, pronounce it correctly, pronounce it westernly. Um, so, but anyway, you know, um, what the point is, is like everyone knows Xi Jinping He's in the media and he's making the bourgeoisie very angry. Now, yeah. there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people are angry and hate him, and there's a reason for that. And you didn't get that hatred of Jiang Zemin of, in a foreign kind of. Obviously, you had hatred of Jiang Zemin domestically, but from a foreign perspective, you didn't really kind of get this kind of level of hatred from Jiang Zemin, Deng Xiaoping, even Deng Xiaoping when he was cracking down on, on Tiananmen. Like, you didn't even have that same kind of hatred as kind of Xi Jinping has towards the Hong Kong protesters, even though there was no crackdown and mm -hmm. aspects like this. So I, I think I think from the perspective of... The Hong Kong crackdowns were handled much better than the um, the Tiananmen crackdown. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But they got yes. worse the thing is, um, with Tiananmen is there it was a complicated time in Chinese history. And they're really the party did feel threatened that um you know there could have mm. been a successful color revolution. Whereas in Hong Kong, like the the vast majority of the Chinese people were unified and um just saying, "Dude, man, fuck those protesters." Mm -hmm. And another point, yeah, another yeah, yeah. point with with Xi and and the anti-corruption drive is, 
is like you said you you can see this in chinese cities because you see all these like massive uh buildings that they were building the corrupt sort of capitalist class to embezzle money and and got caught while doing it and the place is still just there as like an empty shell as like a remind these massive empty malls that these corrupt uh developers were building have just stopped being built and it's still there as like a symbol to everybody else is like you are not too big for us to stop you in your tracks for being corrupt basically um and i think a lot of western socialists wouldn't be so passionate about supporting uh, China pre Xi Jinping. It's almost like he's dragged. This is what why the West treat him like you've said, Tom, is because he is he uh, and the Central Committee of the Party at the minute are dragging. They've cleaned out all the corrupt and they're dragging uh, China's political system way back to the left. You know, and like like Vito said earlier, they're making the state-owned enterprises do what a state enterprise is meant to do and not just be a lining for some bourgeois corrupt uh, officials pocket so i think you mm-hmm. know uh, that's a brilliant answer to that question really uh, and like shang you said as well at the end after his tenure we'll, he'll be judged probably in a positive light if he carries on doing what he's doing you know I mean, at this rate, Xi Jinping may still nuke Washington, D.C., so, like, if he ends up doing that, then he's going to go down as the greatest Chinese president of all time, surely. (laughs) That could still happen in this decade. And then Tom woke up after his fantastic night dreaming. (laughs) (laughs) Let me dream. Uh, Have either of you got any more questions before we wrap this up? We've got about five minutes. Let's take the last one. Um, I think um, Meeling Wee asked... um, does the government send their top students overseas and where? Well, there's quite a bit of um, Korean students in China. From the oh, north. I, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that, I mean, a lot of the, I think that a lot of nuclear scientists go like study physics and stuff like that in China. What, they get, what about the other sorry. way around as well? I mean, do like Chinese do, do Chinese officials send their kids to the DPRK? Well, do uh, like do anybody? No, well, what's it like for Chinese students going to study in the DPRK, or even just like yeah, like Sammy says, international students? Is there plenty of those? You mentioned studying there earlier. Like, what's it like? What what would it take for a Westerner to go to uni in the DPRK kind of thing? I don't know how it works. You'd have to look it up, but it's been done before. And if you're there as a student, you're afforded more freedoms than like a tourist would be. Like you don't have, you don't have to always be like around with a guide. You can, you know, wander around the city. There, there's a there's a there's a university that offers courses yeah. to foreigners. I forgot its name. Kim, I think it's Kim Il Sung University, something like that. Nice. There's also another one. I forgot what it, I forgot its name as well. Is it easy? Yeah. Is it easier for you as like a Chinese citizen to go and study there, though? Or I don't know if it's easier or more difficult, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easier than like, for for me than like an American citizen because of the travel ban. And by the way, the travel bans unilaterally imp- like imposed by the U.S. The DPRK still welcomes american tourists but the problem is no tour company is willing to take on the risk because let's say another auto worm beer happens then they're kind of fucked all right so there's is there no uh, i didn't know this there's no actual american tourists going to korea at a minute or do they have to go on their own risk or something i don't know well the thing like, is no no, no company's willing like to take the shoulder the risk so. right, okay okay uh boys have you two got any more questions before we wrap this up just want to say like on on addition to that last 
thing that was just said about uh, Koreans studying abroad. Um, when I did the, the China Bridge competition, there was actually a team from uh, the DPRK, and like all of we all stayed in the same hotel. Like every every country had two students from each team, and we were all 16, 17, so we were all drinking. And I remember drinking with this kid from from the DPRK, and we were speaking in Chinese because he couldn't speak English, and obviously I couldn't speak Korean. And I said to him like. You know, obviously, I, I've heard some crazy news about your country. This was when I was still a liberal, so, you know, I, I laughed at his response. But he was like, yeah, 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 he's quite drunk. And he's like, you know, our, our, our nuclear warheads will, will destroy the uh, American imperialists and, and, and tear, tear out root and stem all, all problems. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, that's hilarious, fucking great. But then, like, now I think about it, like, you know, eight years later i'm like that's fucking based like I, I i wish i could meet that kid again and, and have a drink with him and say you know what you were right <laughs> i laughed at you about eight years ago but you were right and he had a he had a badge of uh, kim jong-un on the whole time which was really cool you don't have kim jong-un badges or kim jong-il was it it's probably kim jong they have kim jong-il badges and kim il-sung badges and they also have like the double header badges which are the most popular right now yeah we there was plenty of pictures probably the, double with, header, with yeah. the two heads it was a long time ago Right, awesome. Uh, well, go well on, actually, just one, one more thing. Go on. What, what do you think of the the that call the DPRK revisionists? Eat a dick. Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> I'll do. I'll do. That's the end. That's, that's the last. That's the last line. I think, guys. That's yeah. We end it. Awesome. <laughs> uh, we, that'll be the code word for this week. Eat a dick. We do a code word, so if people watch this far and then tweet the code word as, well, eat a dick, I'll do. That'll be the code word. Uh, hold on. we got time for one more question, because literally Tim has just asked it. So the last question. Make it quick. Do you see the DPRK trying to copy the Chinese model in the near future? My personal belief is if they wanted to, they would have done it a long time ago. Yeah, well, I think their position yeah. geopolitically allows them to... Uh, be a lot more ideologically pure to uh, Marxism and communism, right? So why not be that way? Uh, and that's probably because of China being existing next to them and helping them be able to do this. So I think I think the existence of the DPRK gives China something to look forward to in a way that like yeah. real socialism is still achievable. You know, I think so too. Yeah. So. I, I th yeah, I think we've gone beyond class struggle in, in Korea to some extent, and it's in, in the north of Korea, and it's kind of like, as you say, it's a, it's a further stage of socialism to China. Just because it's less well-off, less economically well-off, doesn't mean it's, you know, less politically well-off. Exactly. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder if they have 996, uh, you know, Jack Ma types in Korea, I don't th in, in DPRK, I don't think they do. You know, which nah, they get the fucking bullet. Exactly. I mean, it's like, wh how would you call the DPRK revisionist? I mean, they they don't have cap, they don't have capitalists. I mean, you you can't exploit the labor of others. I mean, okay, there's like some special economic zones, and there are like um, joint ventures, but those are concessions in the face of some of the most brutal sanctions mm -hmm. in, in the in the history of mankind. So it's, like, no, it's just it's just something typed by some guy saying it on his ass in this month's basement. Basically, some LARPA. Yeah, exactly. Uh, especially from well, just especially have a, an idealistic view, don't they? Yeah, well, and especially just going. I through, will say this: Hoja on. has um 
I mean, Hoja was good for Albania. Well, sure. And um, his his writings on um, Euro communism were really based. Uh, and he built lots of bunkers, right? Yeah, but I think he was wrong about Mao. I think he had some sort of like, he still had some Euro chauvinism in him. Well, you know, he called Mao a social fascist, didn't he? He, he he just said things like, oh, look at the way Mal names things. Like, they have, like, this numbers and stuff, like... Or, or it's, it's like, the, the Chinese naming conventions for certain things. He would just be like, oh, see, that's not social. That's just weird. I, I think it's just like, okay, well, I think... His, why um, why even aim he's, he's, he's a bit of a dogmatist. Like, whatever Stalin, whatever Stalin did is right, and whatever Stalin never said, but might have agreed with, but never said, is wrong. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I'm saying this, I, I love Stalin, but you can't be a dogmatist. Well, of course. Uh, a dogmatist isn't a Marxist-Leninist. Um, but anyway, I think you're... Avoid book worship. I think the the pictures you have shown to us just show how, how much of like a wholesome place Korea is. Um, Litter-free, clean, you know, advertising-free. So not just not just If you want them free. to change their problems, call on your own country, if it's an imperialist country, to fuck off and let Korea develop on its own accord. Yeah, exactly. Even you get rid if, of sanctions. You get rid of their. You get rid of sanctions, and you stop the aggression. They'll stop being. They'll stop being paranoid, and there will be more um, dialogue, and there will be more mutual learning. This is true. I mean, it's in our hands, isn't it, to stop this in the West? Uh, we're the ones exactly. bullying them into the. You know, we're the ones backing them into the corner. Um, exactly. And and. And like this saying goes, you poke a lion with a stick so much. It's like you traumatize and abuse a child and then you blame the child for like not being like a so-called normal kid like everyone else. Exactly. Exactly. You're exactly right. So code word, um, eat a dick. Um, mm -hmm. Thanks for being with us. It's been awesome. I've, I've, we've, we'll love to have you back again. Uh, come yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. Anytime you want. Thanks for sharing your travel trip. I, I almost feel like I've been to Korea tonight. Glad I could share it with you. Awesome. Uh, I hope you other lads do. You lads, say, you know, give Shang Yu some thanks. Come on. Yeah, it was a, it was an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. Yeah, it was nice getting to know you guys and finally hear your voices, like you know, in conversation. Maybe maybe I can like yeah, uh, I'll... invite you over to that shisha bar when I <laughs> open uh, in run. What was Let that? Me know. What was that uh, special economic zone city called? Rasan. Rasan. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Get that get that name written down. Just, yeah. You call it Ross and Reggie. Ross and Reggie. Go on, nice. Tom. I just want to say as well, thank you so much for coming on, Shang Yu. Um, as soon as Fran told us you were coming on the other day, I was like, oh, I didn't actually realize it was you. I was, I was really fangirling in the chat. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of your tunes. Um, Socialism or Human Extinction is one of my favorites, and everyone should listen to that if they haven't. Um, absolutely fantastic song. Thank you, thank so you. plug for you there. <laughs> yeah so yeah thank you for being on our show and sharing your wonderful photographs with us nice uh for anybody listening still at this point um i'm just going to drop a shameless plug for our patreon uh keep us going help us grow bigger um pay our web fees um pay our hosting and you know help us keep our lovely website uh going uh thanks for listening tonight um We've had Shang Yu talking about his travels. We've got Sammy. Vito, are you still here, by the way? No, he left. Oh, he left. Vito left. Uh, so we got Sammy, we had Vito, we got Tom, and again, Shang Yu. I've been Fran. Um, boys, 
when I finish speaking, just don't say anything for 10 seconds and then Sammy's going to end the stream so we get a nice little bit of outro music. But uh, if you want to say one final line, boys, Sammy, you go ahead. The DPRK is not your enemy. You have more in common with the people of Korea than your own bourgeoisie. Nice. We've heard that one already, but we'll take it, yep. Tom. Long live the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Right, Sammy, just, Perfect ending. just let this play out for 10 seconds, boys. Yeah.